Due to the adult subject matter of the following program, some listeners may find the content offensive, outrageous, or unsuitable. You know, like religious freaks, uptight losers, or little wussy mama's boys. Please listen responsibly. You're listening to the Vocal Minority with Nick Reynolds and Steve Harness. <laughs> mm. Hot. How much time? You're hot. Mm. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy scotch scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Hot. That is good. You're on the air. How are you? You look awfully nice tonight. Maybe don't wear a bra next time. How much time till we're on? What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Are you ready? I think we're as ready as we're going to get. It's a vocal minority on halloween everybody. And it is October 31 that we record the program of number, how do you say 10 in Spanish? Yes. Yes. Diaz, everybody. Thanks, Steve. Oh, you're welcome. I was going to say, we probably shouldn't talk about Halloween because this, by the time it's posted, it's not going to be Halloween anymore. But hey, happy Halloween, everyone. Dude, let me tell you that we We got to talk about about Halloween. We got to talk about it uh, or everyone will just think that Brewski has joined a biker club uh, (laughs) down in Florida if we don't address that it's Halloween. Well, this is a podcast. We could just leave his outfit alone. Absolutely. (laughs) But it's no, true. I, I don't see why we do that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Happy Halloween. Even though you're listening to this in November, that's fine. Um, and yeah, we're here to. I don't know. Steve's scare. already starting the show on crabby, dude. Why are we starting this way, you <laughs> bastard? I'm having a terrible day. So you are having a terrible day, which we'll get into. But first, let's let people yeah. know how they can find the program. Uh, you can go to our webpage thevocalminority.net. Uh, you can find everything right there, and you can also communicate through the website, uh, which, what do we like to say here, Brewski, at The Vocal Minority? Use your telephone as a microphone. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you can use your keyboard as a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we started this program before the internet was a big thing. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we literally did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ironically, if you're listening to this, I guess you know how to find us to some extent, so congratulations to you. But um, uh, yeah, you know, we continue to uh, slowly grow the show and we're all over the social media stuff. And that's where we're obviously getting the most uh, traffic as far as all the uh, clips we're sharing and whatnot. And uh, I got to say, last week on the show, we were talking about setting a new TikTok record for our little page of 4,000 views. Mm. Uh, somehow we're at, we just passed 7,000 on that same little video about Chick-fil-A. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. So yeah. that's something. I got to tell you, it hit six uh, a couple days ago, and I told Nick, like, I don't think it's going to hit 7,000, but hey, it hit 6,000, so that's something. Well, and, uh, oh. But yeah, now it hit 7,000, and people are pissed off at us. I don't. Well, you know, just, just, just so you know, uh, I was on my... BM Twitter ID, yes. Twitter handle, and uh, I did a search for what was trending about Chick Fil A, and I purposely went into stories about Chick Fil A, found people who had problems with those of us who don't like Chick Fil A, and I basically said to everybody, "Hey, we talked about this on the Vocal Minority," and I listed, I clicked, uh, I connected our um, TikTok video to each one of the posts, and I argued a little bit with uh, some Chick Fil A defenders. And, you did uh, live, like just keyboard warriors, or what? Uh, yeah, we went at it, and uh, nice. yeah, exactly. So I'm out there doing that sort of thing too. I don't know if that contributed at all to anyone watching the video, but I'm getting, I'm putting out TikTok videos out there 
through the uh, Brewski VM at Twitter.com. Fantastic, uh, dude. Very nice. Fantastic. I like that. Yeah, yeah I'm sure much. you contributed, dude. Uh, it, it just keeps trickling in and people keep getting pissed off and uh, they keep uh, saying that they're going to eat there even more because of us. So I really think Chick-fil-A <laughs> was a, some sort of percentage. I mean, I don't know. You know. <laughs> we don't want your dirty money, Chick-fil-A, unless it's over a thousand dollars a week. Well, I'm not giving you my money, but if Chick-fil-A wants to give me their money. then that's <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Oh, yeah. As long as we donate like five percent of it to a great charity that's no. harmed by uh, Chick-fil-A, I'm going to do that. You don't have oh. to do it. But Steve's in a bad mood today i'm well, a great charity you can donate to chick-fil-a well, you, you, <laughs> so. know what they, you know what they can do is that they can uh commit themselves to a yearly advertising campaign on the great krlt and uh yeah. i think that would be a, a wonderful way to start no, i think so too brisky's full of good ideas today you know, it must be that vest you're wearing I always uh, will address the vest in two seconds, but I always, you know, I have to, you know, defend radio advertising all the time. And I always say to people that advertise on social media, like when you advertise on social media, you open yourself up to the comment section and people ridicule you. Some love you, some hate you. But I always say, like, could you imagine if I played your radio commercial and then I came on after the commercial? I'm like, hey, here's three phone calls from people that think you suck and they hate your product. Like, yeah, it's a contradiction in social media advertising that you allow people to just rip the shit out of you and you're paying for the privilege you're running these ads so a lot of the time it's people who don't even really give a crap they just uh love to argue on the internet there are those people who love to just jump on and argue about anything on the internet and yeah so many times they'll be like is that the hill you're gonna die on and they're like no i'm gonna go out and grab a beer like they just like to fight on the internet (laughs) they don't give a shit Yes, it is the new vocal minority out there, the people that now have that. It was use your telephone as a microphone. Now it's use your keyboard as a microphone, and people spout off in the comment section. And, and we've got some new ones to read and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you could post a picture of a puppy, and someone would be like, what, you fucking hate cats? I mean, <laughs> you, can't, you can't win. You really can't win out there. Yeah. I guess it's part of the fun, but it's really frustrating, too. So Yeah. Yeah. You gotta let the uh, you like you gotta let the comments go. I think that's just how to survive on the internet. Let them go. I don't. Yeah. I argued for years in the comment sections, and it just aged me poorly. And uh, I remember when Trump <laughs> first got elected. You know how much of my life I spent arguing on the internet to people who <laughs> right. didn't change a single freaking view. Of course, uh, not. I learned that it aged me quickly, and I had to stop arguing on the internet. Yeah. Have you ever had someone reply like, hey, that's a good point. You've just changed my mind. (laughs) Right. I've never had that, dude. I've Uh, never had that. It's serious. I will tell you real quick, and then we'll talk about Brucey's attire for the day. Uh, One time, and this is in radio land when people call the radio station. uh, This was back in the Seattle days at the good time oldies, Nick. Uh, I had... (sighs) I had gone off on some woman about religion, that it's just, it's a book of fairy tales. They're brainwashing you into what they feel are the correct values to push down your throat. And apparently some people have to be threatened with hell to do the right thing. They can't just do the right thing. You know, they need this book of fairy tales to tell them. And I I went off on this woman and uh, she was heavily religious. That's why we got in this debate. And then one night, months later, this lady calls me in the middle of the night at the station and says, I've been thinking about what you've been saying. And it's true. Like I renounced my religion. I, I just have a whole new perspective. Wow. Uh, I was like, wow, like it actually worked on someone. Finally. <laughs> like, wow. And for her to call it admit, like you opened my eyes. I was wrong. I look at everything differently now. Like, 
That's happened <laughs> once and it'll probably never happen again. <laughs> and at the same time, she renounced her religion, dude. You're one yeah. step closer to a fiery hell. That's right, Pope. Take that. <laughs> one less membership. One less life on your Twitter page. <laughs> She's back, dude. Things have gotten bad enough after the last four years that a lot of people are back. Well, where we got for all that, right? Yeah, I need some hope in something. Listen, I rip on religion a lot. If you need it for something to believe in, like a lot of people do, that's fine. But just don't push it on me and don't push your morality on other people. That's where I get pissed off. So Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, speaking of pushing awkwardness on other people, Brewski, for those watching on YouTube or social media clips, what the hell are you wearing today? Uh, Nick, am, you want to describe him? Uh, uh, yes, I would picture. love to do that, dude. Uh, Brisky, <laughs> first of all, what I think Brisky's around uh, six one, six two. He's a fifty one year old man. Are you sixty two or six foot two? No, no, I'm I'm six feet tall. Six feet tall. All right, he's a fifty one year old man. Uh, he does have his hair slicked back today with uh, horn rimmed Buddy Holly esque glasses on. <laughs> Uh, he's got a black T-shirt that, uh, well, maybe, is it a muscle shirt? Because I yes, don't see is. sleeves. Yes, okay. nope, it is. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a black muscle shirt to, to prominently show off his bison brewski tattoo on his uh, right bicep. And then he's wearing what appears to be uh, kind of an olive poop brownish vest with black uh, black leather around the sleeves. I mean, it's a very fine. He's wearing vest. a leather vest. I think that's the the main point here. Turn around, Brewski. Uh, on the back now, it's got uh, well, it's got a skull between two angel wings, and then it says "Warriors" on the top. Uh, so he's dressed as the Warriors. Do you do you not know the reference, Nick? Uh, is it WWF? Uh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. It's no, Ruski, explain yourself, goddammit. What who are the warriors? And why do you have such an affinity for them? Because it's not the first time it's come up. Online, the, the, war- on the, show. The, the, the warriors are that crew from CI from Coney Island who are in a movie called The Warriors from 1979. And they went to a big conclave up in the Bronx. And uh, Cyrus, the head of the Gramercy Riffs. Uh, was going to bring all the gangs together to run over, take over the city. Mm-hmm. But then uh, a gentleman from the Rogues, which is a gang from Hell's Kitchen, uh, decided that he wanted Luther was his name, and he wanted a, he shot and killed Cyrus and blamed the Warriors. Right. And then the Warriors have to get themselves back to Coney Island. Which, if you're in the Bronx and you're going to Coney Island on the subway, that's mm. a long trip. Okay, <laughs> making the movie Detailed dramatic. Those from spoilers, 1979, <laughs> it is a movie called The Warriors, and Brewski somehow found a costume. Cult not classic. at CVS, not at Walgreens. Where'd you find that? That's a great question, fish? actually. Where did you? Did you make that? No, eBay? I did not. I, eBay. I bought it on me. eBay. On eBay. It, wow. Yeah. yeah. So someone actually, made that thing. That's not. That's not mass produced, right? Uh, no, no. The, the the person I bought this from, he had. They had at least. Uh, 15 that they were selling and i got one of the last ones that they had of this particular size wow and um and i have i actually have a large collection of uh warriors art that i bought on etsy just different people making different pieces of art dedicated to the movie and that's you know, a popular I you, movie I, I saw this movie like in the 80s probably i haven't seen it since and it never stuck with me that well but uh it's really affected your life hasn't it what's the thing about the story that it's by just a well-done movie is something about the story you like what is it 
Well, I mean, growing up, I mean, I was eight when it came out and it was a big deal. Everybody where I grew up loved that movie. Mm. And Ghost um, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, but then the other thing too is is that it's always kind of been really kind of a like you said uh, a cult classic, very popular. And I mean, it, it sticks. I mean, there's I mean, some of the artists that I've bought art from are young people, so it's stuck with them. Young and people it, are watching the movie. It's uh, it's been three generations of people. So, Brewski finds it fascinating, and I got to tell you that I would love just for a. 30 minute tour to crawl around in your mind for about 30 <laughs> minutes, dude. And just see what some, like, what does the attic of Brewski's mind look like? What is the basement? We've seen the main floor, right? The kitchen, <laughs> the bedrooms, all that stuff. I'd love to go to the attic. I'd love to go to the basement and see what's floating there. Like that movie Inception, the deeper you go, the the harder it is to ever get back out again. So I don't know how many layers. <laughs> so, down. Yes. so this is this is how deep I go with this movie. So the year the year that I went and I got Nick that autograph from Tony Danza. Yes. Uh that very Better same day up. that very same day, uh the, I went to this uh, convention where they had the entire cast of the Warriors there. <laughs> and I I got pictures with them, and then I had bought the VIP ticket, which they had a screening of the movie and a question and answer session afterwards too. Wow, wow! See, dude, this is what I'm talking about. You know what? Like I lay down sometimes at night, excited for the next day. Like maybe <laughs> I'm doing something fun, or I'm going to see someone I haven't seen for a while, and I have those moments. I lay down excited and fall asleep, kind of struggle. Brisky, before you go to an event where you meet all the warriors and have your photo taken with them, like, are you giggly and excited? Yeah, I was really excited. I had a lot of fun with that. I, I, <laughs> that's I did. What I'm yeah. talking about. Well, that's, is, that's, that's it's incredible, same. mine, dude. I love you. Well, that's that's the same convention where I did whiskey shots with Tom Wopat and um, uh, John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard. The and fun Brewski's having, I tell you, I don't and know. I got, and I got drunk as, with a girl that was dressed like Violet from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's hours of fun. I oh mean, my yeah. god! Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of look like you're the sixth village person or something. I don't know. There's something Native American about what you have going, but it's also biker gang kind of looking. So you could fill in for either of those village people. I mean, well, that as a compliment, by the way. I, I will suggest the book, The Warriors, to anybody out there. Uh, <laughs> we're still on The Warriors, first. Steve. We're, we're still going on The Warriors. Yeah. Well, What's the book? This is his platform. This is his day. He's dressed as a warrior. So <laughs> yeah, get you're it right. The, bo Sorry. the book. The book was written by a guy named Saul Yurik, and it's partly <laughs> it's partly based on his experiences as a youth worker in New York City in the '70s with all the kids and the gangs and and that sort of thing. There. What was first, the book or the movie? Oh, the book. Okay. And then, and then, then the screen, the screenplay <laughs> oh, came out. <laughs> the book's always better, right? I mean, come on. Well, but but the book, but the book is very different because there's a lot of stuff in it about his time as a youth worker in the city in the early seventies. Well, all right. Yeah. You see, we're here to educate, inform. Uh, we're talking about the latest movies from the late nineteen seventies. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's, it's a whole new generation out there, so I'm sure they're enjoying. But uh, oh. Brewski, you look good. Uh, I applaud you for dressing up for uh, for Halloween, which is today in our world, yesterday or a week ago for anyone listening. Well, I have to go out to work after this anyway, so. Are you, you going to wear that as the Uber driver? I sure am. 
Good for you. Is that well, all can't... the costume? I mean, am I missing anything that you'll wear in the car? Do you have pants, leather pants? No, just, just, on you. just just jeans, Chuck Taylors, belt, right. you know, but I, I couldn't wear my other my other costume because it would have been difficult to speak into the microphone and have you guys hear me correctly. Uh, what are you with your furry costume? No, my, my lucha, my lucha costume with my mask and everything. Yeah, I find those masks disturbing. So I don't know if I want to stare at you for three hours while you oh, have this dude, mask on. Dude, I've, I've, I've got a collection of those handmade in Mexico. There's a guy in Tijuana I buy him from. Nice. Uh, yeah, we were talking you, last you week got about a mask guy. Yeah, down in, down in Tijuana. Yeah, <laughs> of course you do. That's dude, where did, all the best creepy masks are made is Tijuana. Hey, did <laughs> I buy you a mask in Mexico? No, I did, too, dude. I can't believe you forgot about that. No, you didn't. I did too, dude. I bought you a mask in Mexico, a wrestling. What do you call it? Lucha? Yeah, I'd have to look at my, my bag. I don't remember because the only masks Jeez. I have in there are the ones I bought from this I guy. Think Nick would remember if he bought you a Mexican wrestling mask or not. Yeah, uh, because Nick, Rachel is this a joke like, or uh, you remember? <laughs> no, I remember it. Rachel was like, Why are you why are you buying that? That explained everything then. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, it does make a lot more sense when you finish with oh, it's for Brewski. <laughs> everything makes more sense. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, we were talking last week about kinks and that I like to be uh the master in the uh the dungeon and whatnot. But yeah. I'll tell you guys, the the mask thing creeps me out. Don't like it at all. Like really? the zipper across the mouth thing? Yeah. And the leather stuff, all that leather and mask instead. There's something unsettling about that. So like the pulp fiction mask? Is yes. that what you're talking yes. about specifically? Or a, well, any of those leather mask stuff. It's common in the S and M world that someone or both of you are wearing some weird leather mask, like Bruce could say with zipper usually, mouth and eyes. Usually it's the the yeah. submissive wears that because it's the sensory deprivation mask. Usually they, they, they can, you can put flaps down over the eyes and you mm. can zip up the mouth and all that sort of thing. Because some people actually enjoy something that's called breath play, which is kind of not my thing. Is it like choking you out until you almost pass out? Well, th there's that part of it, yes. But then the, there, there's other people that enjoy it where it, your breathing is constricted, but not by someone putting their hands on your throat. But rather, like with the the zipper, oh. you, can, you can get some sort of air in there, but not a lot. And people get off on that. Let me tell you, there's no one in my life, you you guys included, that I trust enough to oh. play that game with. I, I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't trust Rachel with that game. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Like I don't trust. I don't even need to enough. trust someone. I, I guess I would trust them, but that doesn't sound erotic at all. It's weird. And I will say, with a with one of my exes, I put a blindfold on them, and they freaked out. Like, they did not like not being able to see what was going on. Like, I don't know, it triggered some old trauma or something, but they, they wigged out, so. I, yeah. I had an ex that was into, oh, that's fine. I had an ex that was into blade play, which was. Maybe. We could spend yeah. the whole day on the amount of kinks you know about that I've never heard of. What oh, is yeah. What is blade play? What is, is that? Is it cutting? Uh, some people, them? no, yeah, the, the, she in particular liked to have the blade against her throat while she was doing certain things. Oh, um, yeah. Which I was not okay with at all. And you couldn't put a dull one there because she would know it had to be sharp because that was part of the whole thing. Wow. And I didn't I didn't like that at all. That's weird. Yeah. That's well, not the uh, Sopranos episode where he uh, holds the gun against the woman's head and he finds that to be some kink, you know? So yeah. I guess it's in the same category. Yeah. yeah, not into any of it, dude. I think that Steve probably knows uh, this story from years ago. The only kink that I've ever been asked to be a part of is, uh, 
boy, I don't even know how you'd say it, but uh, fake rape, like uh, yes. acting out rape. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. Do you remember that, Steve? I remember uh, you telling me the story. Yeah. Yeah. Had a girlfriend who wanted that in in our sex life and like actually took it so far that she like wanted me to hide out by her garage oh. and like tackle her in the bushes. <laughs> Stop yeah, make sure you're not I, tackling the wrong person. Boy, that could go sideways. Yeah, there's been a law and order SVU about that, dude. Where, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but let me tell you that, yeah, I was just, I'm not into that. It just, yeah. I don't find any of it sexy, dude. I'm pretty vanilla, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm finding out I'm vanilla. Apparently. And you're dressed vanilla today as well, Mr. Ice. So <laughs> uh, He's ready for P. Diddy's white party today. So you're looking good. Does it I, look I, white to you? Does this look white to you? Uh, on my screen, yeah, maybe gray, yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. Something it's pink, like that. dude. It's pink. It's very uh, really nice color of pink. Yeah, I guess a faded pink. Mm. Very preppy. Very good. yeah, very preppy. That's what I was well, going for, Bruce. Pink, pink and green. Those are the colors of preppies. Pink and green. Yeah, Zach Morris representing oh, okay. today. Oh, I was thinking Palmer Wardrobe, but that's something. Oh. all right. <laughs> Yeah, one last thought on the kink. Uh, last, uh, the ex, the first time I tied her up at her request. Uh, yeah. She starts like, I can get out of these things. Like, I'm not, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's just a game. I'm not actually like trying to like restrain you to the point that you couldn't. <laughs> I'm not going to make your wrist bleed. My God. She's like, tight, tie tighter. I can get out of this. I'm like, she, you're, you're missing the point here. Okay. Or maybe <laughs> you're missing the point. the point. Like, that's actually yeah. tie me up. Uh, yeah. I remember that I had a group of friends that I went to high school with, and we had this conversation. We were probably stoned, but we had this conversation that I started off by saying, I don't understand people who get ass raped that don't want it, like in jail. Oh. Uh, was my main that that was where the conversation started like i don't understand <laughs> don't people understand in jail it. that get ass raped that don't want to be and i was a real cocky young kid and i said uh -oh. uh, there's no there's no way if you guys both were in a cell that i would let you ass rape me on any level and they were like oh really do you really think that like uh if we have Alan a text right now we'll all keep our clothes on but if i can get you down on the ground and have complete control over you will you say you're wrong i was like yeah <laughs> so did these two guys attack me and <laughs> i was like after that i thought oh i see how people get ass raped all the time dude. like yeah. nothing you could do about it yeah it's the key part of rape i think it's that it's completely <laughs> against your will <laughs> well see, somehow a over lot the of centuries people have figured it out a lot of times people will freeze during rape you know what I mean? They will yeah. freeze during rape, but to have like a rape where you're fighting the whole time to not let it happen. I couldn't conjure in my mind how I could not make that stop. And it only took about 30 seconds to show me. Otherwise I was like, Oh because yeah. Because they held I'm, you down hard enough or you got fatigued. I mean, you can only fight for so long. All of the above. They held me down so hard that I couldn't move any limb on my body. And I was so fatigued trying to that I knew that if they wanted to take advantage of me right now, that they could, <laughs> oh, you know, I didn't know that you were ever faux raped. I think that's very brave of you. To it was a, it was a harsh lesson, dude. It was I, I wasn't going into it uh, to give anything back to the world. I was just real cocky and thought, oh, there's no way that could happen to me. I mean, I've thought before, like, I have a hard time getting in just when we're both willing. Like, if you're struggling, I don't I'm never going to find that hole. Like, you know, I mean, but you are worried about you're worried about hurting her. Yeah, sure. Where, where they would not be. 
you know not at I mean? all. So, I mean, I think it'd be easier if you were not worried about hurting whoever you were with. Mm. <clears throat> but and, at, and I think sometimes they, they like it if you struggle too, uh, because <laughs> to them it's it's a bit of a game. It makes it all the more satisfying that, that prisoners? they have to... Are, are we talking about prisoners, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. Okay. Yeah. The whole dominance thing. Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. Another I'll never go to prison. Fine moment brought to you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Another fine moment brought to you by us here, the Vocal Minority. Uh, find us online, thevocalminority.net. Please. All right. So, uh, all right. What have we discussed so far? Uh, 1970s uh, uh, classic hit movies, uh, faux prison rape. Yep. Where should we go with the show now? Thanks. I would like to go with, I, I started out the show by saying, uh, Steve started the show off in one hell of a mood today. And I mean, listen, a guy's entitled, right? Sometimes you have a bad day, but, uh, Steve came in, Steve, Steve, before the show came in hot of a bad mood, he texted me I'm in one fucking hell of a mood today yeah. and then walked right onto the air still in that mood. I thought he was taking some time to inhale something. No, you know, maybe some incense and peppermints. I've got it sitting right here because as soon as this fucking show's over, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. So. Well, Steve, why are you in such a bad mood today? Oh, it's just been a shitty day. What can I tell you? Um, uh, like a <laughs> monkey, I've had to play with my own feces today, so it's put me oh. in a foul fucking mood. And I didn't see that oh. coming when I woke up this morning. So, uh, first of all, to the audience, I- I'm so sorry that now, I don't know, this is like three or four fucking episodes in a row that we have talked about our own feces and crapping our pants and crapping in the... I don't know why we why this is a recurring theme. Steve, please, this is serious business. Well, this is... You know what? I told Nick, like, I don't know that I want to memorialize this story uh, for everyone to be able to hear for all time <laughs> to come. But you know what? Screw it. Our philosophy is to keep it real here on this show and you know as nick brought up a few weeks ago the older you get the more crap happens in your life voluntarily voluntarily. (laughs) so uh and this is uh i guess a medical discussion at this point so uh sure sure let me update you all Um, it's a little doogie hauser dude (laughs) do we have uh, any doogie hauser um i do where's doogie 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 oh there he is right there okay uh, okay, welcome to the medical corner episode here on the Vocal Minority, Nick and Steve. Doogie Hauser's a moron compared to me. So. It's true. <sighs> Does anyone remember the show? We're yes, dude, are you kidding me? I know we remember it, but <laughs> anyways. With this friend that was like 35 years old, but supposed to be like 18. Vinny. Right. Yes, Vinny. Anyway, all right, so here's what's going on. Uh, I've been talking on this show for, you know, five straight weeks now of how I've been on an uh, uh, involuntary liquid diet. I, uh, I, I started some medication that I obviously never should have, and it caused uh, terrible side effects. Uh, the first day, I was vomiting profusely. I was exhausted, and by day, eh, I don't know, even 12 hours into the first day, I developed, like, raging diarrhea. And <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it was all fun and games at first, as diarrhea always is. It was? What do you oh, mean? Sure. Wow. You know, games, you know, it's, it, it can be a novelty, right? Like, <laughs> let's just see how much, you know, how exhausted I can get, how depleted I can get. Let's see how much. My diaper daddy. Yeah, exactly. Let's see how much uh, abuse I can take in the back. Uh, speaking of prison rape. Oh, yeah. Oh, Johnny Cash, he wrote a song about me, The Burning Ring of Fire. <laughs> he you. was not 
been in good shape for a long time as far as poo goes. Uh, there hasn't been anything solid. No, no. I, I, I've had just, yeah, just liquid extravaganza now for five weeks or something at this point. Let me, let me ask you something personal. If, I want to know if you pooped. Don't stop now. <laughs> okay, good. If you pooped, I'm just curious, and I think everyone else is as well. I'm, I'm you, sure they're not, but yeah, go ahead. If you pooped in a pasta strainer, oh. yeah. would everything that you're letting out of your body go through it? Yes. The best I have gotten <clears throat> of late, and this is, you know, three weeks in, I started getting the doc. Well, originally I called her and said, you know, this medication, it's caused, she was like, stop it. You know, just, well, I don't know if you need it or not. If the problem persists, we'll try a different thing for you. And she was like, stop it though. Like it'll take a couple of days, but you know, diarrhea is a side effect of that drug. So just give it a few days and it'll get out of your system. And you know, week goes by, two weeks go by. It just keeps on going. I was taking a modium, nothing was stopping it. And, um, you know, then she put me on some like prescription level emodium basically and she was like right. this this should cure it all up and i don't know three or four weeks goes by at that point and i call her again and i'm like it's still the best i'm at is soft serve as she as my doctor <laughs> described it that's not just my immature way. oh really yeah it was pure liquid at first and she's like are we up to soft serve yet and i'm like oh is that the term we're gonna use like okay <laughs> i call it yeah well so i've i've made it to the level of soft serve but nothing any more solid than that let me tell you all right. Um, and then she put me on some sort of heavy duty antibiotic that is basically like if you go to Mexico and you drink the water and you get dysentery. Like it's something if you've been traveling the world and you just come home with a raging, uh, what do they call right. it? Uh, a yeah. bit of the deli belly. Yeah. Montezuma's revenge or whatever. You know, yes. uh, she put me on this heavy duty antibiotic and that hasn't cured it either. So then she starts talking about, you know, we may need to do a CAT scan. We may need to do a colonoscopy. Not like now the doctor's getting worried. Like five weeks of this is completely insane. He also we, changed his diet to the brat diet and just was eating bread and bananas. And Yes, the brat diet is what the medical community calls it when you change your diet for a little kid that has uncontrollable diarrhea. And it's, yeah, it's rice, it's bread, it's just bland, you know, nothingness food. And so, yeah, none of that stuff has worked. And so, yeah, now the doctor's starting to get a little freaked out that uh, something serious might have been triggered internally here because my gut health has actually gotten very good in these last several years. But, man, I mean, it is just out of whack. You're so braggadocious about your gut health. Oh, well, it was terrible for my 20s, my 30s, and then I got in shape and I started taking probiotics. I started eating better. And, uh, yeah, I have, I have a really good gut. And I will tell you. <laughs> You know, something my ex always laughed about. When I eat food, I fart like mad, but they never smell. I mean, my my, my, my farts don't stink. Really? So, I, I I mean, I sound like a trombone. I can make acoustic sounds you've never heard come out of a human before. Oh, and, a lot? Like uh, you eat, 10 minutes later, you're farting it up? Yes. Yeah. It, it, I don't know what the deal is, but something about just food. It doesn't uh, doesn't run through me, but it, it gives me, you know, gas. And I'm just, I'm, I'm singing from my butt trombone. And um, right. it's impressive, but they never stink. I mean, right now, the smells that are coming out of me are horrible. Just making your eyes water. Oh, there's a toxic <laughs> mess going on somewhere in my gut right now. And um, so, yeah, you know, um, so today, <laughs> today I get on the phone with her this morning and she tells me that, and again, this is all just medical information for everyone to digest. No pun intended. Um, she tells me that we need to take uh, stool cultures, stool mm -hmm. cultures. 
So yes. we need to take stool samples from you, and we need to run them through a lab, and we need to find out what comes back, what is going on in there. Is it, is it a disease? Is it bacteria? What, what the hell is causing all this stuff? They're looking to do a little testing. Testing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, want to bring that voice in here. Good God. That's my son. Uh, so. <laughs> testing? <laughs> they just want to do some testing. On yeah, you. so they want to find out what's going on. And yeah, I may have a colonoscopy coming my way very soon, and I may have a CAT scan to see if there's some blown up infection or something going on down there so i called nick this morning or maybe i texted you whatever and i said great like i I have to give a stool sample and i'm completely naive as to what that is however if you watch the news like nick and i do like there's this company that advertises a new way to check for uh, rectal cancer colon cancer and it's basically saturday night live did a funny parody of it it's you poop in a box and you mail off the box to this company and they then have a terrible job to open boxes of poop from around the world, apparently. So I'm thinking, like, poop in a box. Like, <clears throat> that sounds unpleasant, but okay. Like, I suppose I can poop in a box, right? <laughs> of course you can. I give you the encouragement. I felt like you may have needed to do it. I mean, I thought Steve would do a nice job. Uh, if you're going to yeah. do something, give it your all. And I feel like you probably did that. Uh, and I appreciate the encouragement and the the support as always. Nick is always there through thick and thin and and soft servy and watery and all that. So uh, you know. So yeah. I, uh, but then I actually went. You know. So my doctor tells me you got to go to the lab in town and pick up the uh, collection kit. So I'm like, oh, my box. I get to poop, and that's great. It's not what it is. It's nope. not what it is. So, uh, Bruski, I, I don't know. I'm sorry that you have any idea how to answer this question, but you referenced it earlier. I had to, uh, I had to poop in a bucket, yeah. and then I had to collect three vials worth of samples out of my bucket of my leavings. Sure. Well, Did I you have to do it with. Uh, do you just uh, like your uh, cupping soup out of a bowl, or do you have a syringe that you draw it up into? First of all, this immediately pissed me off and depressed the crap out of me. You know, no pun intended. Like you're telling me, like some child, some monkey, I have to play with my own feces. Like this is science hasn't come up with a better way to do this. It's 2022, and this is what I have to do: poop in a bucket and fill three fucking bottles but, with it. Like seriously? Well, how, how many diapers? How, how many diapers have you changed, though, Steve? Well, you know, I'll tell you, that's probably one of the only things that made this tolerable is being a parent. I've cleaned up a lot of poop from other humans. Yeah. Being a pet owner, I've done a lot of that in my life. But there was always a barrier there. It's not mine. (laughs) It was my child or my dog or my cat. I get what you're saying. When I told you I pooped my pants as an adult for the first time, you recall I said I was disappointed in myself. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like when you play or have your own poo on you it's just something to be disappointed in listen sometimes you know you have a a a cleaning accident and you're like oh my i got some on my finger what kind of disgusting human am i like this is sure yes so yeah i uh, i got to set aside a bucket uh so you you put it in the toilet you you fill the bucket and i'll tell you and again i know this is way too much information for the audience i hope you listen to the rest of the show 
all of these podcasts have a fast forward option. If you want to use it right now, I promise <laughs> yeah. we'll be done with this soon. But I was worried, like, if I can't fill it, then I have to, like, come back later to do vials number two and three and all this. So I sat there just grinning and bearing it for as long as I could, like, let as much build up in me as I possibly can. I stopped at McDonald's on the way home because I'm like, I'm eating a shitty cheeseburger. That'll help. Like, the system. I'm going to irritate it into submission. Yes. So I did that and I sat in the bathroom and my cat kept coming in there because she's my shadow nowadays. And I was like, just you leave. Okay. Like I got things to do. Okay. Like <laughs> right. it's not hangout busy. time. Right. Trying to collect product for testing. Testing. Ugh. Yeah. So I, uh, I I left an impressive soft serve specimen. It was plenty to fill the three vials with, but I had to, uh, they gave me gloves and then there are three vials. And again, I just apologize to everyone for this entire discussion. Two of the vials have some sort of liquid in them that you had to mix the two together. And these vials mm. have a built-in spoon on top of the, <laughs> of the lid. Um, yeah. you know, like a kid's applesauce container, like, you know, you take it, it's got a built-in spoon, like, uh, you know, the cheese and crackers you would have as a kid kind of thing, right? Yeah. So those two vials, you know, I'm, uh, you take the lid out and I'm scooping into my bucket and I'm filling it back into each vial and it's got a line on it. Like you have to fill to this line at least. So I, I want to do proper testing. Testing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Um, and uh, I could tell I was going to easily fill these vials, so I filled each of those to the top rim. Uh, but then the third one was like like the, the big specimen cup, and they told me, like, yeah, that one's not as important. You just got to fill the bottom of it. So that, one's just, that one's just for Jimmy in the back. Yeah, exactly. We're just gonna, we put those on eBay. You know, it's, it's fun. So... Um, that one, they gave me a tongue depressor to scoop out and, like, like flinging peanut butter onto a sandwich or something. Like, I mean, You're frosting a cake. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I, I felt like I chocolate was... Chocolate frosting at that. Yeah. Uh, chocolate, yeah, yeah. yeah. Peanut butter chocolate mix. Peanut butter chocolate is what I'm calling it. <laughs> it's unnecessary, Steve. I felt like, you know, a surgeon or when I work on my dirt bike, like I take my clothes, you know, my, not clothes, like take long sleeves off. I get these gloves on. Like, don't don't wear anything that if you get oil on it, it's, you're going to be upset. Like, that was my philosophy today. Like, I wore crappy clothes, no pun intended, and, uh, you know, I'll close the doors. Like, I'm just going to get through this. And then the lab was like, we're only open for two more hours, so it'd be great if you can get it back. But if you can't, just put it in your refrigerator. I knew they were going to say that. Oh, my. And I I couldn't make eye contact with this poor nurse explaining this process to me. My head was just down, and I was shaking my head. (laughs) And I'm just like, put it in my refrigerator. Sure, (laughs) next to all my food. Like, are you kidding me? Medical science, this is where we're at. Do you have to do that? Uh, Did you, you get the box off? Oh, I mean, thankfully, since I'm having five, six movements a day, the next one, it's like the subway. There's always one coming around the corner soon. So, no, I banged it out. I got it done. I delivered it back to the freaking lab. And it's such an informal process, by the way. Just the lady at the front desk, she's like, I'll take it. And I hand her a bag full of these three vials. And I'm just thinking, like, lady, I wouldn't touch that if I was. You don't want gloves. It's her job. She's, 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 she's the she's, receptionist, though. <laughs> she's not I get, she's, she takes the product every day, dude. Exactly. Yeah. Put some gloves on. I was just playing in my own stool. How do you know I didn't touch the outside of that bag? Like, <laughs> dude, half the time that people take money, I mean, people are always playing in their stool. You know how dirty shit is? Yes. Listen, way before the pandemic, I don't touch doorknobs. I use my shirt because I know a lot of you are disgusting pigs and there's feces on everything. I get it. But 
you know for a fact there's feces on that. <laughs> it's a bag of feces. So I, I would think you'd put on a glove, but no, Steve, she just took it and walked in the back with it. I'm like, uh, Steve, are you saying you were doing some finger painting? No, no, I think I actually did a very good job, you know, staying clean. <laughs> of course you but, did, dude. I know you No, knew. I'm right. scooping this stuff like it's Play-Doh or something. Like, yeah, and I just hand it to you? This poor woman <laughs> just answering phones? Yeah, I'll take your bag of crap. She's uh, going to take it and get it back as quickly as she can for proper now, testing. testing. Wash your hands. <laughs> now, Steve, it's too bad they didn't just send you to that company be- to do that. And the reason why I said it is because for that company, all they have you do is they give you plastic bags. And when you clean up, you take the teepee, put it in the bag, seal it up. And that's it. I'm going to have been listening to our own show today. That would have been a lot, a lot better than what you had to do. Well, it would have yeah. been better if they just, you know, use our bathroom, leave it there. We'll go oh. take care of it. That I could tolerate, but yeah, this whole home play kit thing. And then come on back by three. If not, just stick it in your fridge tonight. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's a no go. I could not put that in my fridge. dude. The same technology they've been using for like 300 years on this topic. So, well, you know, if you put it in the freezer, you could have made poopsicles. <laughs> could have made poopsicles. Solid. Thank point, God. My kids aren't here this week. Like, Hey guys, just in the top shelf. Don't, don't, <laughs> eat, the, uh, don't yeah. eat that peanut butter. Get it out of the cupboard. It's like, and then, by the way, so then she prescribes me what she calls, like, the most super strength emodium there is available on the planet. And she said, quote, it will bind you up. It's just a rubber cork. Please, I didn't serve. Exactly. <laughs> you're you're going to be a, wa- a problem. You're going to be a walking cement mixer. Oh, dude, I, I oh. don't even know what that means. Bind you up. That sounds terrible. And yeah, then, it doesn't way, sound comfortable. I mean, if you, you know what, you're going to have an even worse problem if you can't <laughs> shit because it's going to start hurting real bad. Yes. And by the way, if I do have to get a colonoscopy anytime soon, that procedure, they prescribe you a drug that gives you just raging diarrhea because they have to clean your entire system out the night before it. So yeah. you're going to bind me up for a week and then flush me back out again and then shove a camera up there? Like, I'm just, I can't do this. <laughs> I just take Maybe it anymore. You said, ask him if you can just get a colonic before the colon- colonoscopy instead of giving you the drug to give you diarrhea. Cause then with the colonic, at least uh, you like lay down and there's nothing about hot water being pumped up there and, and it cleans you out, you know, have you had that done brewski? Uh, no, but I, I will. I would also point to again, friend of the show, Doug Stanhope, who actually has talked about getting a colonic and uh, he did it for a morning radio show in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, while while the uh, intern held a microphone to talk to him while he was live on the air. Wow. wow. Was it a well, pleasant well, process? I know some people do it for like, you know, dietary reasons or whatnot. Some people have them in their house, dude. Some people have bought in the machines to put in their house and they'll have, uh, you could have a clonic done with hot water, but you could have it done with co- their coffee clonics. Coffee, There's yeah, all yeah. kinds oh. of different things. Right? Yeah, order that at Starbucks next time. <laughs> I'll take yeah. a coffee clonic, please. Uh, Brisky, was his, his experience good or not? No, he said it could have been funny had they, you know, done in certain things. He said it was just so clinical and the lady was all boring and and, you know, 
They didn't put on smooth jazz for him or anything. <laughs> no, no. He said he 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 actually wanted it to be like like a dominatrix with like our foot over his face, <laughs> holding him down, saying, "We're gonna clean you out, and then we're gonna right. check you for colon cancer." Yes. Well, and uh, Doug Stanhope is a, uh, a friend of the show. We had him on here about twenty years ago, so we're trying to get him back on to see if he uh, remembers young Nick Steven Brewski or not. He's a long lost friend at this point. It is. Well, he. But, uh, I played. I played uh, roulette with him about five years ago at the Plaza Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. Oh, really? Brewski has uh, figured out a uh, an appropriate way to stock Doug Stanhope. He goes to most of his shows and sits up front. So you've seen him quite a few different times, haven't you, Brewski? Yeah, and more than once, he's actually been on stage and he sees me. He's like, hey, you're back. Good to see you again. Nice. And, and, and do you ever like, mention, like, do you remember going on our show in Seattle? I mentioned it when we were playing roulette together. I was completely wasted. He and he was drinking and, and he was all like, we're putting big bets down. I mean, I spent a lot of money at the roulette table. What that, does that mean? Hundreds? Uh, what do you mean? A couple hundred bucks you know, right. on, on a number on black or red or whatever and that sort of thing. And I mean, I walked away up, which I thank God, but I was betting way more than I, I, I would normally want to. Sure. And, um, and we're both like we're only ones at the roulette table and we're drinking. And uh, I happened to, I was already drunk as it was. I came back to my hotel and um, I saw him at the roulette table. I walked over, introduced myself, reminded him about the show. And Did he talked. remember or no? Uh, he remembered that night in particular because he was still with his, uh, his then wife. Bingo. The no, 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 no. This is Renee. She remember, oh. she, remember she was the hot chick with the really huge tits. Um, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was the night he did the show up at um, the break room, Chop Suey. Is he with Bingo now? Yes, he is. He is with her. Yes. Oof. There's something yeah. cute about that woman. Yeah, yeah. I've got well, pictures of me with them, too. Um, but anyway. To him so you can get him back on the show, because I'd like to talk to him again. And he yeah. hates written like I do, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just real quick, the, my my point of this extra strength emodium thing, um, it... It comes in a powder package, and the package says for the first three days, only take half the package. And so now I'm like a Coke dealer, like putting powder <laughs> on my counter and like trying to divide it in half. Like, you couldn't just give me a half packet. Doesn't seem very scientific. No. You just use a half packet. And especially when it warns you, like, only take a half pack of the first three days. Well, then why are you making me measure it? Like, this sounds like I should not be taking too much. Now you're the pharmacist, too, dude. You're the doctor shitting in a barrel, and you're the pharmacist <laughs> mixing up your meds, dude. You're going to have a degree when you're done with this. Uh, butthole. This is what my life has come to of late, and I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm waiting for the pendulum to swing the other way, people. And you my life, self, my you life has been shitty way before the last two months. You thought the self-checkout was bad enough. Good gravy. I mean, I talked last week or two weeks ago on the show about having to get myself a catheter once. I think playing in my <laughs> stool today may top that. It wasn't quite as painful, but it was more humiliating. <laughs> <in some ways. laughs> you know, at least I didn't have some nurse standing here watching me like when I had to give myself a catheter. So. Oh. Uh, so this is the day I've had. So yeah, I'm not in the best of moods. <laughs> I just, it's gonna be. I, I think violated. about it this way, Steve. There's gonna be worse things to come in your life. You I know, know. <laughs> and I, like I said, like we're all getting older. So I guess these are just the phases of life we're entering into. So let's all talk uh, about pooping in boxes and mailing it around the world. <laughs> we gotta talk about that shit. It's important, dude. Phenomenal. That yeah. um, don't put this on YouTube. I've noticed our demographics are very young on YouTube. So. 
Uh, we're trending um, older on Facebook, so we'll we'll post this on Facebook for you there. Young kids <laughs> do like to laugh at people getting older. I think they think that's a little funny. Yeah, well, they'll find this all hilarious then. So, uh, well, yeah. Steve, are you blocked up now? Have you did you take the powder? Uh, yeah, I did take the powder. I made sure I made my uh, contribution first, and then I uh, I took the powder, which was a chalky mess. I mean, I put it in water. Obviously, I didn't snort it. Uh, but did you, did you put any gums afterwards, too? Yeah, a little bit. I just took <laughs> off the ass of a hooker just so I could keep it authentic. And uh, no, it was just chalky. It was, I mean, imagine the worst lemonade mix or something you've ever had. It was just chalky, nasty mixture. I immediately started like you know chugging orange juice and whatnot. So. So I don't know. I'm feeling bound up now, I guess. So, but I've been afraid to leave the house for more than a few hours at a time. I mean, it's it's gotten utterly ridiculous. So, oh. I guess I'd rather be bound up than uh, foot loose and fancy free. <laughs> I think you're gonna feel better in no time, dude. It's gotta, it's gotta, gotta hit too. sometime, right? Come on. Um. So yeah. So that's my uh, that's my medical update for y'all. I'll keep you. I'll keep you in the loop. Yeah, we're all wishing you obviously the best, Stephen. I'll keep you in the poop loop. I'll let you know how. <laughs> <I'll go. laughs> and again, if you're uh, skimming through the show, we're now going to officially move on <laughs> from the uh, the rectal portion of the show. Unless we start talking about my dating life, then maybe we'll have a different rectal discussion. <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's see. Well, that's a nice little tease, Stephen. Hey, what do you know about uh, what Kanye West, or as uh, I guess the, what they're calling him, Yay now? But what do we know about what he's done over the last week and a half, two weeks? Uh, he's managed to prove that even rappers can shoot themselves in the foot and lose sneaker deals and respect and uh, everything else. That's true. So the original uh, comment that he made was uh, that he's going death con three on Jewish people. Obviously, people did not react well to this. Uh, he last week, I believe he did Chris Cuomo's show. He did uh, Pierce Morgan show, which yeah. I watched a little bit of both of them. They were uh, semi entertaining. I mean, he really went crazy on Pierce Morgan show, ended up walking off and was just being an idiot. Uh, he was also on a podcast called uh drink champs have either of you heard of it nope nope uh okay he was on that podcast and apparently just laid down a ton of anti-semitic uh talk on the program and they aired the episode but they edited a lot of it out somehow this audio leaked and uh you could listen to it on youtube and it is i mean it's pretty terrible has he burned enough bridges yet where he'll come on our show because i don't want to promote his bullshit but we could use some extra downloads so yeah you think that we'd make a great little couch for him to sit on next i'm looking to have some sort of controversy where we piss people off enough where people start trying to cancel us because that will equal nothing but extra downloads and we're trying to grow the show so it's coming dude just relax i have no doubt that it's coming sooner than later all right <laughs> maybe I'm maybe he could from other gold diggers out there. <laughs> other gold diggers are wild and out and about yeah. maybe he could um he could hook me up with his ex-wife oh kanye well oh yeah, yeah. she's not I thought you despise the kardashians which ex-wife are you talking about I, I don't like them, but I'd still do her. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You've got ethics. I get it. So he's not an idiot. Steve. Right. Steve. I don't we, know what to had, say about Kanye. We've had yeah. that discussion. It's been seven years. I mean, you know, you, 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 
get it where you can get. You can, you know? <laughs> yeah, Brewski's ready to bang that receptionist at the poop clinic, dude. I mean, right. Brewski's ready to go. At well, any we were moment. talking about the bro code and how long do you have to wait before you bang someone's ex. So it's been long enough now. I've uh, Me and the Kardashians are all done. I'm actually more of a Chloe fan, but... Uh, Oh, yeah, so I like Chloe it. too. I go mean, all that. of them are nice, dude. Come on, let's be honest. But Honestly, I would, no, I'm really I would do the mother. At this point, I would do the mother too. I really don't find the Kardashians to be hot. I used to find Chloe to be kind of hot because she was the most normal of them all looking. She's she a chubby one. But now she's lost a bunch of weight, and she's yeah. like all of them. Like I don't, yeah. I'm not attracted to you know the main Kardashian at all. Well. I'm not saying I would kick her out of bed or anything, but uh, yeah. no, that's not on my you know poster on my wall by any means. But who well, is your poster, dude? Who's your poster? If you could pick one poster to put on your wall, oh, I will first ask Steve, and then I will ask Bruski. Uh, I think you all know my type. Clearly, we've talked about it on the show. I'm a blonde hair, blue eye girl from next door type. So, uh, pinup style, it would have to be somebody like a classic Pam Anderson. But just you know, my actual you know girl next door type, probably Jennifer Aniston would be my 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 fave. Okay, Brewski. Well, if I really have to go, oh, I, I would start with Veronica Lake first of all. Of and course, then, I don't know who, oh, no, who she's, you're she's, talking it's, about. It's an, an old-time movie movie star. I was going to say, that's old-school movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But then Rita Hayworth, obviously. But then, all right, well, let's come to the current day. Current day, I would say Rose Namajunas would be number one. Once she has her long hair, she's a U I'm an MMA fighter. Oh, okay. And mm, uh, she's, and don't get me wrong, she's still an attractive lady when she shaves her head for a fight. But when you see her with her long hair, I know wow. who you're talking about now. And yes, uh, you're right. She is cute with her hair. You like that body though? Yeah, all tight and right. More I'm more about the face and and her, you know, that 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 part of it with her. All you right. know. And and on top of that too, she could she could talk to her, you know what I mean, Lithuanian, and that would actually be kind of hot. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it, dude. All right. How did you get Kanye West to our ideal pinups? I got lost here. So, because uh, we started talking about the Kardashians. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's how it came about. Uh, my my thing I wanted to mention was is I think it is so hysterical how he actually went on this program, uh, this podcast, this Champs podcast, and he said Adidas. Uh, there's nothing he could do. He could literally say any anti-Semitic shit he wanted in a this would never drop their partnership. How'd <laughs> yeah. that work out? Ye. Obviously. No, it's not ye, dude. It's yay, dude. I thought it was Come ye. On. No. Bruce no, because well, because because you say his name Kanye. Right. So that's 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 what I've been told why they call him yay. Well, they're they're spelling it uh Y E. I understand the mistake, but right. yeah, it's yeah, we're calling him yay. All right. No disrespect, meant Kanye. Fuck you. Right, right. <laughs> uh so anyway, this is real funny, dude. Uh when uh uh Adidas drops him, uh Forbes reported that Ye's Adidas deal accounted for one point five billion dollars of his net worth. Jesus. So it hurt him drastically, right? Yeah. Drastically. I think it's funny. Other people uh are not going to step up and pull out of Kanye, dude. He's done for, I think. Wait, wait I not pulling out. Is this is this Herschel Walker or Kanye West <laughs> talking about? The movie I saw he pulled out, but um no I 
I mean, this goes down to the, you know, Saturday Night Live did a good bit about it this weekend, about, you know, he's gone every shoe company and Skechers was like, hey, we're flattered, but uh, fuck you. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I saw that. That. Right. That, that. that was actually pretty smart that they did. That was fun. It was, yeah, it was clever. SNL's good that way. Uh, listen, whenever you find yourself, your talking points aligning with Hitler, you should probably shut the fuck up. And I've, and by the way, I, I was pondering this the other day, and I hope I'm not going to sound extremely ignorant right now, but I don't understand why people hate the Jews. I don't understand. Traditional racism, I'm not on board with, but at least my brain can wrap my head around it. Black people, white people, brown people, yellow people, like, oh, it's different colors. That's why we hate each other. The Why Germans who are white hated Jewish people who are white, I, I've never understood that. I know it's religious origins, but all of your religions are fucked in the head. So I never quite understood why the Jews became so hated. Been hated for a long time, dude. And I think that we don't understand, like you said, as much as the uh, average person from other countries, like they seem to get it. But I'm with you. I, I've never understood that at all. But are, are black people just looking for somebody to pick on? You know, we've been picked on so long, so we're going to pick on the Jews now. Like I and not no, but, <clears throat> doing this, obviously, I'm just saying, like, I don't understand where this shit comes from. But that, but that goes way back to even to, you know, Louis Farrakhan. He's been attacking the Jewish people for, for decades Why? now. Why? Why are they well, hated? I don't get it. Well, because, because I, I believe. They're white people with a dumb religion, like like Catholics no. are, like Christians are. <laughs> like, no, no, no. What, what's the Louis Farrakhan's a black man. No, I'm saying Jewish people are white oh. people with a crazy religion that people seem to hate upon them. But so are Christians, so are Catholics. Why are the Jews singled out for such hatred over the decades and millenniums? I don't, I don't get it. Well, you're woke, dude. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know what to I want you to dude. defend hating Jewish people. That's what I, want you to I don't say. know what to tell you, dude. Not I defend know, it, but can someone just even explain it? Listen, like, I, I know Kanye's it. current uh, grief is that Jews in Hollywood apparently make most of the contracts for the black entertainers. And apparently he's talking about them doing black people wrong on these contracts which oh, please oh an agent screwed over the talent that that has to be right. that hasn't thing. been happening for <laughs> decades dude yeah exactly i don't get it i don't obviously it. there's no reason for it obviously we've got somebody who's mentally ill and off their meds and therapy or whatever well, they do to uh, stay on track but yeah. uh my point is how much this opens up so quickly. Like when Trump became president, like all the racist people uh, seem to find their way out of the shadows, right? As yeah. proud boys and everything like that. That was a green light to them. Right. Yeah, it was there's a, a famous line. person leading the way. So they jump on board. Right. So yeah. now with Kanye, we're already starting to see all these people pop out of the shadows, uh, yeah. ready to go. Uh, did you guys hear about uh, the group that stood over the 405 freeway? And I think yeah. Jacksonville or whatever. Uh, it was they, a bunch of ignorant white people. Is this who Kanye is aligning himself with now? Does he feel good about that? Yes. He agrees yes. with them, dude. He agrees with them. Uh, for whatever, I mean, for better or for worse in his own situation. I don't know. He agrees with them. So I think he's getting exactly what he asked for. But if Wu-Tang Clan came out, it was like, we agree with you, Kanye. Then I'd say like, oh, hey, you've got some uh, some brothers there that agree with you. But I don't understand Kanye 
says anti-Semitic things, a bunch of dumb redneck white folk come out and support him, and he's proud of that? But he's a Trump supporter already, Steve. Uh, so, yes, he is proud of that. Why do Trump supporters keep hanging out on freeway overpasses? Enough already. I'm sick if of you fucking If you're going to be up there, you might as well jump. <laughs> <I> mean, exactly. <laughs> Finish the process. Let me run you over. So this same group, though, came out this weekend and uh, uh, projected onto uh what's uh what's some buildings building in, in downtown jacksonville and it was during the uh georgia uh, Penn state uh, game right no 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 it was it was it was georgia's game against oh jesus um i don't know if it matters what are you saying they projected yeah. something on a stadium yeah and, and penn state Conor university was right. okay yeah. no 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 so, penn, right. penn, penn state was the thing with um with the, the Gavin oh, the McKinnis. Proud Boys. That's right. Exactly. All right. I'm getting mixed so up. So much okay. hatred. And we haven't even gotten to Pelosi yet, which we need to talk about. So yes, dude. We <laughs> will get into that, by the way. <laughs> okay. So uh, they, uh, it was the Georgia, Florida. Florida. It was unit, the Florida Georgia Georgia game. It was That's held right. every year of in Jacksonville. Florida's involved somehow. Okay. Okay. So they, uh, what did they write up on the screen, Bruski? Do you remember? It's just something like Kanye, Kanye was right. Kanye and... was right about the Jews is what they yeah. projected onto the building. <clears throat> Obviously, the University of Florida and University of Georgia condemned the message on Sunday. They had nothing to do with it. It was that same group who stood over the freeway. Then Penn State had a uh, deal for the Proud Boys to come and they were going to do a talk. Gavin McInnes, the guy who founded the Proud Boys, yeah. was going to do actually. He do said a it was a comedy show, right? Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. They said that they got so much uh, violence happening with uh, protest outside the school and stuff like that that they uh, 45 minutes before it was supposed to happen, they pulled the plug on it and uh, said, no, no, no. I so, love that it took them that long to realize having a Proud Boys comedy show might be a bad idea. Yeah, I, th- I think because of uh, trying to prove uh, to children that free speech is something that needs to happen on both sides, they were going to let this whole thing happen, uh, which you can't disagree with, I suppose. But you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas, right? I mean, they had to know something was coming with this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but good on them. They pulled it 45 minutes right as violence was and happening by the way, on the campus. These ignorant white folk in Florida that are putting these banners up supporting anti-Semitic views in favor of Kanye West, I wonder what their opinion on black people is. I just wonder, again, I mean, it's the keyboard warriors. Do you even know what you're arguing about or supporting? Do you even know what you're talking about? Because probably not. not. And I'm if saying, you do, Kanye, shame on you even more. I totally. I mean, but yeah, Kanye is aligning himself with a bunch of anti-Semitic white douchebags who are probably racist in other ways too. But he's willing to look away from their uh, racist views because he's in favor of their anti-Semitic views. Like, right? All ignorant assholes. Just knock it off already. Just knock it off already. You're part of the problem. I don't know why you don't understand this. You're part of the problem. You think you're justice seekers and you're doing this for some sort of justice. You're you're part of the problem. Please yes. stop. And is uh, Kanye done? Somehow I don't think he is. Will this be the end of him? Is he canceled? I don't know. I mean, people are still going to listen to him because now he's crazy, Kanye West. Right. Well, you know, you, people are still going to listen to him. But but I won't. I don't give him the excuse about being off his meds or being crazy or anything like that because they always say a drunk man's words or a sober man's thoughts. Well, in, in this case here, 
you know, uh, an unmedicated man's, uh, you know, words are, are his thoughts that are already in his head. You know, the yeah. medication just held them back. And, so, I, and you know what? There's one thing, and I had said this about my ex. Like, if you do something in a moment of anger or rage or whatever, like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you any sort of one-off that you may just be in a bad mind and you start saying all this shit. Sure. But when days and weeks go by and you keep doubling and tripling down on it, you can't blame the meds. You can't blame alcohol. You can't blame whatever it is. That yep. bullshit is in you. Yep. Well, of yeah, course it's in you, Those are words of wisdom, man. What was that again? The drunk man's... Thoughts. Oh, a, a, a drunk man's words or a sober man's thoughts. Yeah, that's a fucking fortune cookie right there. That's good. Well, so is he who stands on toilet high on pot, but let's not get carried away. Listen, <laughs> he who farts in church sits in their own pew. Oh, <laughs> that's correct. Darn it, has something to do with that today. He Listen. who dealt it, smelt it. <laughs> that's another good one we, we could keep going all day with these yeah, we're listen, all we folks thanks i don't think you're right brewski i don't think you're right i think you no, should he's, listen he's, it's i want he who smelt the delta pardon me <laughs> no i don't think you're right about kanye <laughs> not getting a break on his meds uh, that's the man inside for sure but it's a crazy man that's what he's taking the meds for right. no it's a, it's a it's not a crazy man okay I'm on meds. Okay. And I know that I know that I am who I am and no, that's not Popeye talking or anything like that, <laughs> but, but what, what is inside of you, it's, there's nothing that there's no excuse you can give for anybody spewing that, that kind of hate. And you can, it's not crazy. It's just, it's, it's in there. And they're, yeah, crazy yeah. people say stuff, but usually people, crazy stuff people say is stuff like um, uh, uh, raccoons like to eat dinner at Tony Roman's or, you know, some, some, something like I understand like what that. you're saying. I did see that Yelp uh, review, actually. But, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But listen, he's a crazy man inside there. That's what the yes. meds are for. Whether you agree with him on medication is a different story. No, but I think you're both making the same point. Like, the meds may have been holding the crazy back, but the crazy was in there. That's who he is. And now, sure. whether it's meds or he just feels liberated, like he's letting his bullshit fly. And yeah, people wake up. I just, I just, I just don't want people to to give him the excuse, like, oh, he's misunderstood, and these thoughts aren't really his. They're 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 the rantings of a no. crazy man and that sort of thing. And I don't want him getting off that easy. I don't want that I happening. Agree. No, because, that, I because that's I don't believe for one minute that that there's a crazy words coming out of him. I believe that's what he believes in his soul. Of course it is, dude. Of course it is. But his voices in his head are not being silenced right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter that, that's, for the that, rest of us. That, 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 that doesn't matter. <laughs> it is. So we shouldn't we be mad at him not taking his medication? Shouldn't that be the thing we're mad about? Like, no, absolutely not. And stop <laughs> and stop it already trying to make excuses for him. I'm not trying to make excuses are, for Nick. specifically him. Listen to me, Brewski. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm trying to make excuses or at least some compassion and understanding for a, a large group of people who have some sort of mental disorder. I'm not talking about they're unmedicated. People. They're not a quality person. I'm yeah, not talking about it. I'm talking about this douchebag who has, who has a complete um, history of saying this kind of shit over and over and over again. And it's not stupid, crazy stuff, you know, like squirrels, like peanut butter and banana sandwiches or anything like that. It's it's <laughs> bullshit like this, that he does it 
all the time and have I understand. Time. I understand, dude. And I'm not letting him off the hook. No compassion. Listen. I think Nick is saying for everyone else's benefit, the guy should go back on his meds so we don't have to listen to this garbage. Yeah. You know what's even better? Just he should fucking die. That's what he should do. Oh my god, Brewski. Wow. My oh. goodness sakes. <laughs> How do they do it? <laughs> With the power of Brewski, dude. I, I don't well, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Brewski's yeah, in the bell tower. <laughs> that, that vest is making you mean today dude. no it's just yeah, a warrior, warrior coming no, out. You, you, know what, you can only put up with so much bullshit you guys know i know i have you a hard time I mean? wishing death on people it's been i don't around in my brain a few times in my life but uh, i don't i hear you i hear you we'd be better off without him i just say stop buying his fucking album so he's poor and then we don't have to listen to him anymore that would be the well. That would be the way to do it. Uh, we are seeing people get brazen once again, though. For Halloween, there were a couple of people, oh. I think, in New York, and um, I'm sure there was lots. But the ones that were caught on tape were in New York and I think LA that they dressed up as Hitler and Nazis, like in yeah. full garb. Like people are just getting crazy again, and then, then. You have this guy who attacked uh, Mr. Pelosi, dude, and went looking for Nancy. Go ahead, Harness. It's a disturbing story. And I got to tell you, a couple of days ago when it first came out, I immediately knew, obviously, it was an intentional attack. It was not just some random home break in. And obviously, it's going to be some right wing fanatic. It is. I mean, Pelosi is demonized over and over and again for years and years now. Every state in this country right now has commercials playing talking about Nancy Pelosi, even sure. though she doesn't live in 49 of those states. Sure. She is the, the, the punching bag, the whipping boy. She has become demonized over and over and over. And with the escalation in the Trump era, of course, of course, it's only a matter of time before politicians are getting attacked and assassinated. And I don't think this is the end of it. And... It is beyond fucking disgusting. I had this moment the other day when the story first came out where I thought, maybe now some Republicans will come out and say, whoa, 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 we got to take the temperature down a notch. Like, you just broke into a woman's home with a fucking hammer, zip ties, you were going to torture her. I I read a story today that his plan was to break her kneecaps while she was zip tied on the floor and hold her hostage. And I mean... But no, that isn't what has happened at all. I have a a brief selection here of some articles talking about Republican fucking assholes who have been making either jokes or taking political stabs at somebody whose home was invaded and and her husband's skull was broken open with a fucking hammer. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. You have to make jokes. I figured either they would say something to take the temperature down or just be smart enough to shut the fuck up about it. But no, that's not what's happening at all. Fucking Donald Trump Jr. posts his Halloween costume, and the Halloween it's a picture on Twitter of uh, of a pair of underwear, which I can explain, and a hammer. And he's like, hey, it's my uh, Pelosi Halloween costume. You fucking scumbag asshole. I can't even imagine if somebody bludgeoned your father's skull open with a hammer that you would think it's funny to make a comment like that. Oh, they are the kings uh, and queens of making comments about inappropriate shit and people who have been hurt and they don't care, dude. They have zero compassion because they have developed this whole uh, WWF mindset of the good versus evil. And these are all fucking characters in their little game. And they have forgotten that these are real people with real lives, real families, real problems. It's they lost reality a long time ago, dude. 
And you're emboldening people when you make jokes about it and make light of it. You're encouraging people to do this sort of shit. Uh, Jesse Waters, one of the Fox News douchebags, says that uh, people get hit with hammers every day. Like, why are we making a big stink out of this one? He went on to say, like, this, you know, Democrats wanted a social worker to show up for this. You know, how's that thought now? Like, First of all, whatever your beliefs are on defund the police, it wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't the right messaging for the whole program. But it was called uh, the wrong thing, but the idea was correct. Correct. Yeah. But Dems never said send a social worker to an assault in progress, dude. Like, I'm so tired of these people taking advantage and these people that watch them just buying into it hook line and sinker that's what they said that's what they said that's what they said it's bullshit uh devin nunez who was a failed republican congressman who now works for trump's you know uh, social media thing he posted a picture of of a halloween costume and some like scary you know axe murderer guy but he's got a hammer and he posted uh what did he post he said uh at least this guy had his clothes on because this is all referencing a bullshit conspiracy theory that came out in the first day that nancy pelosi's husband is gay and met this guy at a gay bar and he came to their house to have an affair and then their lover's quarrel broke out and the guy was in his underwear and started blood it's all bullshit obviously sure. I, they didn't know each other he's not gay they they it's again they're trying to bend over backwards to come up with some reason that this idiot that did this couldn't possibly be part of the Republican, you know, clan that it well, was just a random invasion or some gay sex gone wrong, you know, demonizing everything. To, to your point, uh, Steve, uh, Ted Cruz was saying that because this guy was from Berkeley, California, there's no way he could have been a right wing Republican or anything like that. And to, I, to what I say is, is, oh, I suppose that there are cops that are stationed outside the city limits of Berkeley and you got to show your liberal card before you get to go in there to, to go home every night. Is that is that what we're saying right now? Listen, I live in California and there are plenty of conservatives here. It is certainly yeah. a blue state overwhelmingly, but that doesn't mean there's not, especially in central California. California, the whole farmland. Oh, yeah. Most people don't understand. Central California is rural farmland. Most of the food you eat comes from California. And there are plenty of conservatives. I live in Lake Tahoe. The county I am in is a red county because most of it is rural California. And these idiots vote red every time. So, of course, right. there's fucking conservatives in California, you morons. Yeah. And he had a blog that, uh, you know, we've been able to grab captions from and everything else. And it had anti-Semitic rhetoric on there and all kinds of right wing followings of of bullshit. So we know where he came from Uh, when he first attacked uh, the right wing uh, news stations, Fox News. Uh, we're reporting a mugshot of a black dude that this is the man who broke into <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's home. Like they will do anything they can to possibly just bullshit those, the narrative on it, things that happen. Yes, it's that adage that uh, not all Republicans are racist, but all racists are Republicans. So yes. they, they hate it when, you know, one of the people they've been propping up and feeding their head full of bullshit actually, you know, goes off the reservation and does something terrible. I don't know why they can't just either shut the fuck up or acknowledge, like, we got to take the temperature down a notch in this country. But they know that it's raising the temperature is getting that 40% to come vote for them. So they won't step away from it. No, they Disgusting. won't. 
Yeah. It would never happen the other way if some crazy Democrat went off and bludgeoned Ted Cruz. I guarantee you, we, all three of us, would be on the show admonishing that person. We wouldn't be making jokes about it or belittling no. it. Well, maybe we'd make some jokes because that's us. But we wouldn't be, you know, trying to dismiss it. We wouldn't be embracing it. We wouldn't be. It, none of this bullshit. Well, it is crazy. We're Steve- better than you. <laughs> we're better than you. At what point do people just start being decent? and humans again why do we not see how out of control the political discourse is getting in this country where's nancy where's nancy i was like fuck me dude i i feel so bad for mr pelosi i he had to be freaking the fuck out did you guys hear that when he was hit with the hammer was actually after the police were there yeah yeah he had called the cops and then by the time the cops got there the assault was already happening or they were outside or something i mean but actually the the cops actually witnessed mr pelosi get hit with the hammer that's how you know that that the person that attacked him was white because you know for a fact that if that actually was a black man attacking him that he would have been shot dead immediately he would have been shot dead you're right brewski but from what i read and understand it to be is that when the cops did get there there was some mix-up with the cops on the way there when they finally got there they said drop the fucking hammer and because uh, I believe at that point they were wrestling for it. And Mr. Pelosi may have taken control of the hammer, put it down on the ground and put their hands up. That's when this fucking white supremacist dude grabs the hammer and fucking hits him in the head in front of the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so it, it's all completely twisted and disgusting. And I wish that. I didn't think that this sort of thing was commonplace or could happen easily nowadays, but I'm surprised it hasn't been happening more. Uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been more assassinations, and I think we're probably ramping into the worst of it as we're we on the, the midterms dude. and the 2024 elections, and we're seeing these armed idiots guarding ballot boxes and... Um, you know, I mean, the January 6th riot where they were looking for Nancy. And now, you know, I'm sure there are people that are trying to carry on that torch. And it's, you know, it's insanity. It's literally insanity. You know, speaking of the uh, ballot box people down in Arizona, um, a spokesperson for them was on Alex Jones' show today and was, compla- and was complaining that the police were harassing the the people who were uh gar- who were observing the ballot boxes and telling them that that they that they couldn't be armed and near the ballot boxes and and, and that sort of thing and that they were victims right and, they think their rights are being stepped on yeah that, that's that they're just patriots trying to do their duty yeah just- so freaking crazy dude anyone who doesn't think that that is a form of intimidation. What are you doing here, dude? Please go home. You didn't give a fuck about this five years ago. You never voted until five years ago. Right. It is domestic terrorism. I mean, that's what terrorism is, to try to terrify people and scare them into doing what you want them to do. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. No, it's really gross, dude. And it happened in my mother's town. And uh, she asked me, oh, will you drop off my ballot when you drop yours off? And I made a comment of, yeah, I'll do that. I wonder if there'll be the uh, armed people down there at the yeah, ballot boxes. You're putting two ballots in there, man. You're going to get your <laughs> yeah. ass kicked, So I was actually putting three in because I had Rachel's with me, too. And yeah, well, this she is was how like, we win, right? It's all fraud. <laughs> it's all how we do it. But my mom was like, what are you talking about? 
armed men at ballot boxes. So I was like, oh yeah, they were here last year. I mean, they, well, I'm sure they'll really? be there again. Huh? And, and uh, I'm trying to think of black diamond, dude. Oh, I was thinking Milton or Hobart or something like that. No, a little tiny, but a little tiny town. It oh is yeah. Yeah. A pocket of conservatives, I suppose. But yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it's crazy for the state of affairs in this country and where things are going to go. Yeah, and especially if Republicans keep losing. I mean, we have so many ballot deniers running in various states to be secretary of state or, you know, local officials. And, you know, the, just this whole new mentality of we're just going to say we won no matter what. I mean, it couldn't be more un-American. Yet we have people openly embracing it and trying to just shove, you know, falsehoods through as the truth. And Well, because, because uh, they know, know that. Stops. But because they know that their voters are dying off and not being replaced and and they don't have any good ideas. And so they have to find ways to cheat to stay in power because they know that nobody nobody believes in what what they're spouting anymore. Listen, if they actually believed their own bullshit, they wouldn't be voting because they would think the whole system is rigged, that us Democrats have figured out how to rig the system. So if you believe that to be true, why are you bothering with voting? They obviously know it's bullshit, so they're just, again, it's terrorism. They're trying to use fear and intimidation to bully you out of voting. And Yep. I don't know, He's, man. If that doesn't encourage the left and the center to unite in this country, then I seriously don't know what will. Oh, dude, the uh, the political ads just locally uh, that are playing here right now are just killing me. I mean, and I mean, I guess from both sides, I'm just so sickened with politics in general. But I mean, these Republican uh ads are just unbelievable the things that they claim and the scare tactics that they use for older people especially i mean yeah it's just really gross dude that's the other thing why do republicans not why can't they zoom out a notch and see that they're being played your candidates aren't talking to you about any sort of new ideas or change reform or anything beneficial they're just trying to scare the shit out of you you don't see that well, they don't have time to see it, dude. They're too scared. I mean, or the people are out just committing crimes and not going to jail for them. And, uh, you know, all these terrible things are happening all over the nation. They don't have time to be afraid. They're being, or... they're being made afraid by the other. And it's, yeah. always the, it's always the other that's taking something away that could go to you. Like yeah. you'll hear seniors when you tell seniors about how the Republicans want to take away Social Security and Medicare. And the first thing they would say is, well, you know, if, if we didn't have so many damn illegals here with, you know, taking all our all this money from the government, then they could just uh, focus on spending money on Social Security. Yeah, and it's right. like and that's the but that's the message that, that know, they I get know. all the time. And they, and they believe it, which is ridiculous. And and. It doesn't make any any sort of logical sense at all. It doesn't. I love the notion that uh, illegals are going to take your job. So you have a job that somebody with no education and can barely speak the language can just take from you? Uh, what kind of job is yeah, that? Yeah, that's that? always a good one. Oh, the, all the jobs that you don't. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. And by the way, are, are Mexicans lazy or are they taking your jobs? Because you can't have it both ways. Those exactly. are the stereotypes I hear. Oh, they're lazy, but they're going to take your job. Well, you can't do both. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what, dude, uh, just let the Mexican workers keep doing the jobs that you have no desire to do for any amount of money. So this country still exists. 
Yes, farms over the last few years have had a terrible time trying to hire people because the Americans don't want to do it. They need the immigrants to come in and do this work. But when we were clamping down the borders and then COVID hit, all of a sudden, hey, there's no one to pick the apples. Like, this is a real problem. So Yeah, it's a big problem. Uh, But again, we're trying to apply logic to these arguments, and you can't. People are going to have to find out one way or another, and it's not the way that we think they probably should. It's going to take too long, dude. It's going to take too long and something drastic to happen. And we're all going to suffer because of your stupidity and how long it took you to get on the train of just doing the right thing. Yes. One of the Chick-fil-A comments we've gotten in this past week is that liberalism is something like you liberals treat, you know, your, your politics like religion. And I really take offense to that because religion is blind faith. It's believing in fairy tales, believing in something somebody tells you and tells you, don't don't overthink this. Just go with what I'm telling you. Liberalism is based on logic. It's based on facts. It's based on research. It's based on, you know, things that are tangible. I've said for years to being being a liberal is just being logical. I believe in science. I don't think minorities should be discriminated against. I don't think gay people should be discriminated against. Those are logical things to say. Religion is the opposite. It's just blind faith. And that's what I, uh, that's what your conservative bullshit is based on. You trying to fit into your narrative, not the other way around. Very true, Steve. It's very true. Thank you. Hey, did you see that after that whole Pelosi thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted out, like, uh, wait, wait for tomorrow night? No, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait for tomorrow night or something like that. I was actually that she 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 tweeted that out the day before the Pelosi thing happened. She did. Yes, it was it was before the it was before the Pelosi thing. She said, "Wait till tomorrow night." Dude, Hobbit feet. By the way, that's just refer to her as Hobbit feet. Hobbit feet. Yes, she has feet for made for a Hobbit. She had, there was a picture of her at some political gala thing and she wore open toed shoes. And let's just say my feet look better than her feet did in those shoes. And my feet look like typical guy feet. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor green. She's getting divorced and I don't want to laugh at anyone's divorce, but what took him the husband so long to realize how batshit crazy your wife is. Yeah. Well, she was nuts. Well, she was cheating on him before she went to DC can you imagine what happened when she got to D.C.? God, can you imagine the guy uh, swiping right on her? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing, Brewski? What was that? He's a simulating forced oral sex, I believe. Yeah. Or, no, not, not or, forced. Not forced. <laughs> consensual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. For what reason? Uh, she was doing a lot of oral sex? She was probably doing a lot more than that. That's what the answer. Her and Bulbert, both of them. All right. Well, you know, who's a Jim Jordan? No, who's smoking a lot of pole that was talking about these, you know, Democratic sex parties. I don't know. And he threw Republicans under it, too, that there's. Oh, that was was Madison Cawthorn. Thank you. Yes. That he was, you know, saying there's orgies going on in the in the Capitol building. (laughs) No. Wow. Madison Cawthorn, who, by the way, likes to talk about being a college graduate. The college that he got into accepts 95 percent of the students that, that they get. And he got kicked out after one semester with a D minus average. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of college and ignorance and Brewski being the big sports fanatic, Brewski, what's the what's the deal with my Wolverines and the Spartans this past weekend? Oh, that's that was just dumb. What happened was they they allowed the two teams to enter exit the tunnel enter the tunnel at the same time. After the and, game was over, and the Spartans uh, yeah. got their asses kicked, of course. So. Well, yeah, and actually, four Spartans actually were suspended indefinitely until the um, 
an investigation is completed, and there were some players who they were got arrested. They a fight in the tunnel with a yeah, – Fort Spartans uh, beat the crap out of a Wolverine. Well, there was swinging helmets and, and, and everything. Oh. Now, the thing yeah. about it is, is now the, the, the kid from Michigan, you know, he ran up on them and started, you know, shaking his ass at them after they got beat down by the yeah. Wolverines. Smack and talking is, in sports. That's a thing. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Steve, <laughs> this, is, this is a huge, yes, huge rivalry. Is. Big rivalry. Yeah. Big rivalry. And Big. He, was sha- he was shaking his ass at them. And next thing you know, they started swinging their helmets at them. <laughs> yeah, but the Spartans were all in full gear still. They had their helmets on, their pads on. And the Wolverine had taken off his shoulder pads, his helmet. And they're just killing yeah. the guy in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, now the, the Wolverine is saying he's going to press charges. MSU has suspended these four players. I think they should kick him right the fuck out of the college. I mean, absolutely that shit on the field. It's one thing to get in a fight on the field and have the refs break it up, but yeah. in the tunnel afterwards, you're beating the crap out of each other. And four on one, you fucking pussies. I mean, come on. Well, and, and, and here's the other, the, the other thing that makes it even worse is that <laughs> so Mich- Michigan State has had an awful season. <laughs> and I mean, by the way, I know MSU was terrible in math, so maybe you didn't understand the four on one was wrong, but it's basic mathematics. Oh, <laughs> it's well, right over their heads. Sorry. And, uh, so, uh, but. <laughs> What I was going to say is they, they've had a really awful season. And, um, I mean, hell, I mean, the, the Huskies beat the hell out of them and just embarrassed them uh, in Seattle. Yeah. And every other game this year, they've just been getting destroyed. And their head coach is feeling the heat because he got a big deal two years ago. And it was like a five-year deal. And it's not looking so good there. And, See what you've uh, done here. <laughs> See what right. you've done here. I mean, this is a terrible, terrible event. How oh, do you make football placed? more violent? <laughs> Leave it up to the Spartans <laughs> to somehow, you know, cross a line where people are like, hold on now, <laughs> you fucking idiots. Yeah, it, it, it got really, really ugly. Really ugly. Yeah. Well, I hope the fallout gets worse. I hope these idiots are suspended permanently, thrown out of the school in general. So, yeah, Bruce was actually be. at that game. Uh, <laughs> he was working, but he was at that game. I think we have audio from when he was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I scope it. It's cousin Brewski. Buy a dozen from the cousin. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw it firsthand, dude. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, fun stuff. All fun right. stuff indeed. Hey, dude. You what? Now you that I'm something? completely depressed between medical issues and the state of our country, what else? Uh, what else can we talk about? You want to talk about something fantastic and delightful? Sure. Uh, this is something that we thought. Uh, oh, this is the future. It was like watching the Jetsons uh, when you were a child. Uh, marijuana is setting to be distributed at Circle K gas stations now. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but when pot started to become legal, you were like, oh, so you'll just be able to walk into a gas station someday and be like, you know, I'll take a pack of marbles and a couple of joints. Uh, On Friday, the uh, people over at Circle K announced that they'll be selling marijuana at select locations in Florida. Uh, they are offering a venture partnership with Circle K to open weed emporiums. Uh, as of now, stations aren't robbed enough. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is the the (laughs) interesting thing we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, like how terribly these pot shops are regulated and they can only take cash and all that. And they're getting robbed. 
Because they're uh, legal on state levels, but illegal federally, and the banking system is a federal thing. That's right. So uh, they are actually going to be right next door Circle K gas stations. Uh, I was like, huh, that's not really in Circle K gas stations. But they have some sort of partnership, so uh, you could go to them all at once. But they are separate doors, so they're not really affiliated. But they're going to be next door to all Circle Ks. But they're starting with a a group of 10 and in Florida, uh, weed's not legal unless you have a medical card. Oh, oh, it's still medical only, not recreational. Correct. Yeah. So that's even weirder. So yeah, you have to walk in and show your medical card at this place. It seems like uh, you're putting the cart before the horse. It just seems like a marketing scam to say that there's a place next door that could have been next door anyways. But um, yeah, so a gas station, a dispensary. If they added a brothel, you could go with the old gas grass or ass. That could just be their <laughs> one stop shop, dude. That could be one stop shopping. No way to ride for free. Right. Right. <laughs> so all hitchhikers could just wait out in front of those three locations. <laughs> offer any three. Gas, grass, grass. You should put, sell that at your next stadium game, Brewski. Gas, grass, your ass. Gas, grass, your ass. What do you got here? Aisle three? What do you want? Ass? Okay. Right? <laughs> Brewski's busy at the stadiums, dude. Well, uh, so we yeah, maybe something great is to follow. Who knows? It's a start anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I've been, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, if it's going to be in gas stations, grocery stores, but it has to get there someday. And I will say, whoever it is, the FDA or whatever, it has somewhat officially started looking at declassifying it from a level one narcotic so that it can, you know, be investigated, researched more and, you know, start to mainstream this, but enough already. Let's just kick this into gear. Kind of like, um, a, it's kind of like those um, bank branches inside the supermarkets. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, that's true. We could get there. All right. Um, you know, yeah. speaking of that, I was going to ask you guys, have you guys ever had somebody at your office uh, steal your lunch or steal food or, you know, take something that, that they that they shouldn't have or anything like that? Fair question. I mean, uh, there's the famous story of me leaving my bag of pot in the radio station studio and the boss <laughs> stole it from me and flushed it on the toilet. I don't know if that counts. Uh, I've never been one to leave food in the old uh, work fridge, so I've never had that happen. I I'm trying to think about that. Like, has anyone ever stolen from me at work? That's really you don't ever really bring your food to work, dude, that no. I remembered. No, no. I mean, I mean, I've I've had people. I had a guy who was a regular guest on a show that I used to run the board for, um, who a couple times stole my sub that was sitting in the refrigerator. They had my name on it. And one time, I happened to walk in the kid into the kitchen, and he's sitting there eating my sub with my in the paper has my name on it. And he's like, "Oh, I thought this was just for anybody." And he won named Jason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, 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 I will I, say, uh, Nick and I found one of our coworkers passed out in the break room with his pants off. I felt <laughs> violated for having to see that, but he didn't steal my sandwich. He just who was like, that dude? Oh, you know, come on. You was know, it my girl? Well, I don't think you should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, there could be a lot of those people out there. Dude, come on. No tear just to protect the innocent. Of course it was him. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, but, but there is a, the reason, the reason why I asked that is because a story came out recently where uh, Chevy Chase yeah. said that uh, when he and Belushi were on Saturday night live, um, Chevy, when they were doing rehearsal, he left his um, 
special bottle of cocaine with a screw cap on a <laughs> piano out on the out on the the, the stage, and that uh, Belushi stole it. And wow. he knows that he knows that Belushi stole it because about a, two weeks later he was at Belushi's house, and he happened to notice his little cocaine thing, his special vial, his special vial sitting on top of a shelf at Belushi's house, and uh, it was sure enough it was empty. And so, uh, well, first of all, on the set of Saturday Night Live, if you're leaving coke laying around, you should assume somebody's going to take it, use it, sell it, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. And that is similar to my story of losing pot at the radio station, actually. So, uh, yeah, that's classic, though. If you steal someone's drugs, who are they going to complain to? You know, (laughs) although, you you know, um, uh, Pete Davidson told a story that Louis C.K. went to Lauren Michaels and tried to get him fired because uh, Louis C.K., thought Pete Davidson was smoking too much weed. Hmm. Yeah. And no he would, and, yeah. And, and uh, Lauren Michaels called uh, Pete Davidson in for a talk. And he said, you know, Louis thinks that you got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least he's not jerking off in front of everybody. Louis. That we know way, I think Louis CK is hilarious. So I'm so ashamed yeah. that he had to go and tarnish his reputation with this whole, I like to jerk off in front of people, but um, yeah, oh, no, I you would say- admonishing. I thought you you were going to say he taunts his reputation by narking on B. Davidson. Right. That's even, I don't know, which is worse, being a rat or being a public jerker offer. But yeah, <laughs> if you really thought he had a problem, why wouldn't you go to him and be like, hey, you're smoking a lot lately, man. Maybe you should pull it back. He went to his boss. Yeah. yeah he jealous went to, of a young comedian making his you know, way up. Yeah. He went to shitty. Lauren Michaels to say, you know, I think this guy's smoking way too much weed. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a little shitty, Louie. Well, well, speaking of prison, should I give uh, should I give my latest update on my uh, my new BFF, oh, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, I think that we should hear it. You uh, teased me via text today, and uh, he said, "Oh, I, uh, yeah, I got a Charlie update, Brisky, and should be uh, rather good." He's got some update about me, which I'm so curious to know. Dude. He's got a review on me, which means he's still listening to the program, right? Oh, well, that's good. Yes. Well, well, so here's the deal. And first of all, he's been blowing up my phone during this show. I keep minimizing him over here. So I'll get to these texts later. But yeah, so here's the deal. So uh, Charlie is the uh, is the the boyfriend of my ex-wife. And, uh, you know, this is the guy that we, we found out. Uh, I found out through brutal terms that he was out on parole for murder when he and my ex-wife started dating. And uh, that was a tad shocking to me at the time. And they didn't tell me. A private investigator showed up in my house that someone had hired. It was a whole convoluted thing. But... You know, we had a bit of a rough start to our relationship, but due to the uh, bullshit traumas that I've been through this summer, both Jamie and Charlie have been nothing but good to me and shown me nothing but humanity and friendship and civility. And so we've all buried the hatchet and we've been doing family stuff together and uh, hanging out and and that's all good. You know, a good tight family circle is a good thing. And that was always my goal. But this whole, you know, out of parole for murder thing sort of threw me for a loop understandably right would anyone sure. find that odd of course <laughs> okay but everyone kept telling me like he's reformed he's a good guy and i'm like well then why didn't you all just tell me the shit on day one instead of making <laughs> me find it out months later and all this but if you would have found out the appropriate way you still would have had some concerns right 
Yeah, of course. But it would that would have put the burden on me to believe in second chances and rehabilitation. Sure. And you came to me and you were honest, so you know, that would have that would have done a lot. And 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 Charlie has since told me, like the way we told you was wrong. We shouldn't have done it that way. We should have just, you know, told you. Yeah. But it's been good. We we buried that hatchet and we've been doing, like I said, a lot of uh, family stuff together. And Charlie has become a fan of the vocal minority. He's been uh, listening to all the podcasts. But, you know, we had uh we had a a, a little incident a month or so ago where i don't know charlie was listening to every show and then he started doing a bunch of research on me like internet stuff and pulling you know court filings anything he could possibly find and oh. waist and pant size you know. yeah and i kind of told him like mm, okay we're starting to cross a little bit of a line here right like you can take your internet research down a notch and as part of that he had said like basically like all right like like I'm sorry, like, you know, it wasn't, I didn't mean to cross any lines, and but, you know, he's looking out for his new woman. He was doing some research oh, on me to make sure I'm not some crazy person. He oh, needed to know that you were a 32 long. Yes. So, you know, he crossed a bit of a line, and uh, we had a discussion about it, and he basically said, like, I I'm going to stop listening to the show. I'm going to back off on, you know, uh, Facebook looking into all this kind of stuff, right? And so I was like, you know, I, I appreciate it. Both he and Jamie handled it, again, in a mature, communicative sort of way. So I said, I get it. You know, you, you got a little infatuated with what I'm up to, so all is well and good. So, But he stopped listening to the show for a period of time there. And it was right at the show where I had said on air that – have you ever been in a Metallica video, Charlie? I'm dying to know, were you in a Metallica video? Because Charlie oh, was in yeah. San Quentin for 22 years. Right. And about 19, 20 years ago, Metallica filmed a video in San Quentin, and it featured the inmates. They did a performance in the yard, and they did one inside the, the main you know jailhouse, and they had a bunch of inmates in it. So I had been dying for like... Sorry, I had been dying for like a year to ask this guy, have you ever been in a Metallica video? But, you know, our relationship wasn't that good, and I thought the question may come out of right field. So I had asked it on this show, like, have you been in this Metallica video? So I get a text from Charlie the other day, and um, he says, uh, by the way, yes, I've been in the Metallica video. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now, I asked him, like, did you make it on camera? Like, did you ever watch the final thing? And he was like, I got to be honest with you, I haven't actually watched the video because it was like 20 years ago, and it wasn't apparently on his first thing uh, getting out of jail to go look at the video. So one of the questions I asked him, like, well, at some point, like, pull it up on YouTube, and are you in it? You know, how many of these guys do you know? But, but yeah, he was there for the Metallica. Metallica show he got, to, he got to watch a play so this guy being in San Quentin got a better Metallica show that I've ever had having seen these guys you know a dozen times in my life so did he did he say it was fantastic uh what did he say he uh I got a few texts here I'd have to go back through but but I mean, uh, the overall tone of it, what, what did he enjoy? I mean, it wasn't yeah. just, yeah, I was in it. Well, listen, I mean, if you're in San Quentin and uh, fucking uh, Wang Chung shows up, I would imagine would be the highlight of your uh, prison sentence to have any real, you know, performer show up. So, yeah, uh, he, he seemed to think it was pretty cool that, uh, that he got to see Metallica. And then I'm a Metallica fan, and now this is something that he can be like, hey, man, I'm <laughs> I've been in a video. So I'm up close and personal. I wonder if, and this is an honest question, I wonder if he fears to go back and watch it, if it'll be triggering for him to see the inside of that prison again, you know? It's a good question. Or to see uh, other, you know, cellmates or whatever. Um, sure. And Charlie, you know, he keeps telling me, he says right here, uh, let's see here. It's interesting because people believe San Quentin is the serious hardcore prison. It is not. It's actually the Disneyland of prisons. 
and this is something that I have a hard time pushing back on because the guy spent 22 years there. Sure. But as I told my ex-wife and as I told him in one of my later texts here, like, you know, no offense, but first of all, the start of the Metallica video is a prison guard telling the members of Metallica that if you get taken hostage in there, we do not negotiate for hostage release. You know, so you're basically you're signing a thing saying if you get taken hostage in there, you're fucked. We're not coming in there to get it's you. It's part of the video, dude. I know, but it's a real speech that they were given. The, I believe the it. Yeah. guys that we Listen, have. No I don't know if it was policy. real. You don't think it was scripted? No, uh, no. I mean, no. go watch the video. I mean, it, it appears. I've to seen be, it. It would be really well, corny if that was staged. Well, people do all kinds of corny shit in videos, dude. Well, I suppose. But as I also told Charlie, like, if you Google worst prisons in America, every list San Quentin is in the top three. It's behind, like, some supermax prison in Colorado. And, and, you know, so it's it's a well-held reputation. He's telling me that 30 years ago that was true, but that San Quentin's gone through all these reforms and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I'm not going to tell the guy he's wrong. He has more experience I mean, there than I do. But it's a, certainly that's the reputation. Well, it's not like it's Pelican Bay. That's That's supposed to be, like, the place in California where you don't want to go. Yeah, and by the way... I can't imagine any prison is actually like Disneyland or fun. Like it's a prison. So obviously it's got to be hardcore at some level. And I would think San Quentin just being a huge prison. And he also, he did make the point though, that uh, uh, right here, it says death row is a separate part of the prison. Those are the, uh, uh, those there do not interact with the general population. I think he's saying the death row section, maybe that's pretty fucking hardcore, but that's not where he was. And maybe that's where the reputation comes from. So I don't can't know. imagine, dude. I can't imagine being in any wing of San Quentin. But I mean, if he says it's a Disneyland, that's obviously in relation to as far as prisons go. Right. So, I, I mean, that some, could mean anything. Right. Yeah. And waiting in line at Disneyland, that is sort of hellish. So maybe, you know, not <laughs> such a great comparison, but I don't know. Uh, Nick, he answered one of your questions, though. He says that I have seen Scott Peterson. You have? Oh. I knew it, dude. I knew it. So Scott Peterson, the guy that you know famously killed his wife and uh, claimed a million times over to be innocent, he's in San Quentin, and he says, um, and I hope it's not terrible I'm reading his text. I'm sorry, Charlie, if this is a violation, but I'm just skimming through them. So uh, He <laughs> says, I have seen I'm just Scott skimming Peterson. through them, reading them word for right. word. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just being accurate and honest here. I don't want to I understand. So he says, I have seen Scott Peterson. I thought that he was a douchebag. Never met him, but the way he walked while under escort was embarrassing. So he was being uh, escorted around the prison because he's, you know, he's one of the more famous inmates, I guess. So Sure. Uh, yeah. Question. Well, I would imagine he is a douchebag, dude. He cut his wife's <laughs> pregnant wife's head off. I mean, I, wonder, uh, I think that's I, the first sign. That, is he a douchebag? I wonder if he's in the shoe. What's the shoe? Like solitary? Is that what that so is? No, secure housing unit. So it's not really solitary, but <laughs> it's on, like Steve. a... <laughs> I don't know. What's a little lockup? What can I say? You know? <laughs> Fucking shoe. I, I wonder if he's in shoe. Of course, <laughs> Bruce, he's in shoe. Come on. Unlike well, my ex-wife, I, I, I'm not obsessed with, you know, serial killer dramas and prison date lines and all this stuff. And, you didn't watch Oz? You know what? I actually did watch Oz, um, and that was a horrific show and part of probably my preconceptions of why prison life must be terrible. And he said in here somewhere, Nick, like, you know, I don't blame you for asking the question. It's certainly not out of the norm that something like that would happen in prisons, but no, never happened to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, I, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can throw it up. He can listen. 
Um, he can listen and ask Bru- answer Brewski's question yeah. now. Okay? And this I have a couple way more. Was, 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 <laughs> was Charlie Manson at that prison? No, he's Southern California, Charlie Manson. No, no, I, he's not I, San Quentin, Charlie Manson. He, he's dead, but I don't know what prison he was in. I'm just curious. Is Manson dead? I missed that. Yeah, he's he dead. <laughs> yeah, damn, Charles Manson died. But why don't you Google it right now, Brewski? I'm he was not right in now. San Quentin. I know that he was in some Southern California prison. He was he was in Corcoran. Okay, okay, he was in Corcoran. So no, he oh, wasn't. That's what I thought. I had to be Corcoran. Okay. Now, and Nick, I told you that Charlie offered up a review of you. So here you go. Oh, there's Uh, more? That wasn't the... I thought he just answered great questions. Okay, go ahead. No, he did answer your Scott Peterson question. He did. He did see him. He did answer my Metallica question. Yeah, he's answered, yeah. Um, But then he says, tell Nikki, and he calls you Nikki, which I think is nice. Uh, He says, tell Nikki hi, and I did appreciate the apology. He was right to assume that that kind of thing happens. Not a huge leap there. Just never happened to me. I like Nick. I think he's hilarious. Oh, that's nice. nice. Look at that, dude. This uh, circle. clearly been listening. I mean. The circle of love is just expanding. I mean, it really is. Okay, but, but is this really a shock? I mean, doesn't everybody love Nick? Well, yeah, I've said this before. Nick has this ability to just strike up conversations with people in public, and they just immediately love him. And I, I know why, because you're a good person, but uh, I, I don't, yeah, you just have this vibe with people. They just love you right away. Well, that's nice. I think that's why everyone thinks I'm a dick, because you just outshine me so infinitely that by proxy, I'm just an asshole. Cause well, and uh, don't for a minute think that I haven't used that to my benefit, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, that, I, I think, you know, <laughs> bad cop and angel cop. <laughs> Nick's, you know, Nick's power to get people to love him only serves to prove even more how much an asshole Dave was and is. Uh, there's <laughs> another name. I don't Should we be broadcasting these full names? I, I don't care. Bruce Dave doesn't Dave, care, dude. This no. could be a you suck cock. Oh, boy. No, <laughs> let's, let's, let's dial this back a notch. We still have careers. Listen, <laughs> I would think it's anymore. funny <laughs> that you bring that name up because I was actually like, uh, that I don't guy know, hates me a few days you what? what? I said that guy hates me already. So. How about we just oh, say yeah. cue ball? Can we just say cue ball? Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Okay. Go uh, ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was I, I was thinking about this whole scenario that happened, you know, just a couple of days ago. And I was it's interesting that I still think about that. But I think to myself, why I had lost everything in one fell swoop with my job and the show being taken off the air. I don't understand why I didn't stay and fight. I, I don't understand why I didn't blow up and have like, you know, them have to escort me out of the building. Like I had already, lo- I had nothing to lose. Why did I not blow up on that man? I don't know. You still have the rest Nick, of your career to worry about. So, well, I but I, I, I can kind of answer that for you, Nick, because when I walked into the building that day, yeah. as I was walking into the lobby, you and Marissa happened to be walking out of uh, the elevators and I said, I said your name three times very loudly, and you just had this look of bewilderment on your face, like you had no idea what the, what the hell was going to happen next. And um, that's when I, I knew that things, I mean, I already knew going into the building how bad things were going to be based upon what I had been hearing on the radio. But to see you in that moment, as I did, I can see why you didn't blow up at him, Nick. I mean, you just looked like, you didn't know your own name. Well, I felt like I got hit by a truck, dude. And we we did, and it took us all a while to figure out the extent of it. Like, do we lose our entire show, our entire jobs? Uh, like, you know, it, 
It, it was a mystifying day. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we uh, this the show you're listening to now used to be a radio show, and in one fell swoop one day, we the station flipped formats, and we lost our jobs. And the company did a terrible job informing of us of that. We just turned on the radio and heard country music on our you know talk station, and so it was a head spinning day. But do you remember yeah. the time we were sitting in Dave's office and he went off on me? Or did he ask you to leave and then he yelled at me? Maybe that's what it was. Uh, you must have asked me to leave, dude. I'd never let you be yelled at just by yourself. I, I mean, think or, so. Or no, if I was there, I would have said something. But. Here's the thing. You know, he, he was a nice enough guy, I suppose, but he didn't yeah. come from programming. He was the only program director I've ever known that didn't come from programming. He had never been on air himself. And right. the one time I heard him on air that day announcing the format change, he was stumbling and fumbling. He sounded terrible on air. He was a promotions guy that somehow, I'll never understand what body he knows where is buried of some executive, but they made him program director. And I really had a hard a time. a large station in a large market. Yes, yes. Uh, of a couple stations. It was the rock station and the talk station. And I, I, I just, I had a hard time when he would sit there and critique our show and tell us, well, why'd you say this one thing? Or why didn't you make the joke this way? Like, it's a three-hour talk show and you're criticizing like one sentence I said from somebody who could never do it themselves. And yeah. I, I, I took offense, and there was one meeting where he made some, oh, I remember what it was. I made a joke about Brown University, and I said that if you've never heard of Brown, it's because you're too stupid to get into it. And he must have been denied from Brown because he did not like that I made that joke. And he lost it on you, huh? Well, he, he criticized it, and then we kept having our meeting where he you know, was doing the rest of his critiques. And I have some ability... I've never quite understood, but I do this, and I did it to a teacher once that it just rattled her. I can just sit there and stare at you, and I just I won't make faces. I will just sit there and stare at you, and somehow people know like he's shooting lasers through the back of my head, and so well, that how do they know, dude? I mean, your, your stare is enough to scare a frog off a lily pad, dude. Apparently, it is. Because normally, if you sit there quietly in a meeting, that's what you're supposed to do. But I was just staring at him. I never, I, I locked eyes and I just never let it break for the entire meeting. And at the end of the meeting, I, I do recall he said, Nick, can you uh, go ahead and step outside? <laughs> and he stepped out, and Nick, you stepped outside, and he looked at me and he was like, You ever fucking stare at me like that again? I will throw you out of this building so fucking fast. I don't know who the fuck you think you are sitting here in my goddamn office. Like, he went off on me. I do remember. <laughs> yeah, I do remember it, dude. I do remember it. And I, I did get kicked out of the room. Yeah, yeah, he was pissed at me, man. Oh, so, oops, burned that bridge, I guess. And uh, well, well, you know what? He kept the, working there for a long time. Still after that interaction. Yeah, but he's the most famous uh, program director who told us, like, uh, uh, I didn't really like your show. I didn't really like your show when I got your uh, air check. Yes. Uh, but yeah, now that I've heard you on the air, yeah. Is well, somebody told him to listen to it, didn't it they? It was his boss that told him to listen to it That's because we were right. on a station in Baltimore, Maryland. That's that, right. That program director got promoted higher up into the company that we were all working for, for intercom. And right. this guy basically called up the, the program director, Dave at the buzz and said, Hey, there's this phenomenal show coming up. And I had them on in Baltimore. They're in Seattle. They're in your town. Like, why don't you get them on the local station? So right. yeah, he had to be told about us. And then, you know, he put us on and, you know, the rest is history. But well, and then uh, he had uh, the uh, focus group on us. Right. So yeah. he, he does a focus group on us after we've been on, on all the shows for a yeah. while. Yeah. On all the shows. But after we've been on for a while, he does the focus group. 
Uh, I think it was a friend of ours who worked in the production department that taped it, or did we tape it from the production room? Well, they were recording the audio so they could all go back and analyze it, and somebody got access to it and gave us on a CD. You know, here's the yes. audio of the focus group. You should listen. And he really, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was it was because the show putting us on wasn't his idea, but he was so big balling on us to fail. I mean, yeah. and that f- whole focus group, the questions that he was asking were just crazy. But then to find out that the audience was liking the program and wanted more of it, yeah. uh, he was so put off by that. Dude. They were and I didn't by it. Yeah, he was mystified by it because he didn't like us at all, dude. Well, they were really doing the focus group to critique all the full-time Monday through Friday shows. And at that point, we were a weekend-only show. And, you know, the plan was to go Monday through Friday. And and they couldn't figure out why did our name keep coming up in these focus groups. We're only on the weekends. And we were scoring as high as all the Monday through Friday shows. And uh, Fred Jacobs, the guy that actually conducted those things, he, again, went to the program directors like, you've got something going on here. Like, how is the show that's on the weekends? They're coming in number one in the ratings. Your weekends are 20th. And then all of a sudden, the vocal minority comes on and you shoot to number one. They're coming up in the group. People are saying they're funny. They want to hear more of them. Like, you got to stop ignoring this up-and-coming show you've got. Yeah. And it, so it was you know, a it shock. It took everyone telling him that we were good. And he still begrudgingly, you know, wouldn't convince himself of it. It was... It's crazy, but yeah, this is the uh, the story of our lives. So. Well, if 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 I can share something real quick, um, so I know from him telling me that Dave went to a school here in Massachusetts called Dean College, yeah, and Dean College, <laughs> their acceptance rate is seventy point five percent, which means that they accept almost seventy one percent of the applicants that that go that. Now, would you like to guess how many? What percentage Brown University accepts? That's a good question. Uh, 10%? 7.7% of students who apply to Brown get in. Whereas the school that he got into and went to has an acceptance rate of (laughs) 70.5. Not exactly hard to get into. Yeah, I'm sure. 10 times greater, dude. Yeah. No, that joke really irked him. So, and that was the same thing. I was talking about my gay cousin had gone to Brown and I was defending gay people and gay equality in marriage. And he told me like, why do you keep talking about gay people already? Like, what do you care? He was the guy that tried to get me to stop defending, you know, marriage equality on the radio. And I said, I'm not, I'm not stopping. Like, sorry. Well, and especially yeah. in, in that city, in Seattle, where it, it was always supported, and there's such a huge, yeah. um, strong gay community in Seattle, yeah. you, you know, you would think that this is something that we should be championing because these, these people are going to probably be listeners. You remember Oftentimes, my nickname, Nick? Say again. You remember the nickname I had in Seattle from all my gay equality rights <laughs> speeches I gave? <laughs> what was it? The hero of the gays. Yeah. I tried to tell my teenager that, that that used to be my nickname in Seattle, and uh, they didn't embrace that at all. But, the hero uh, of the gays. The hero of the gays. <laughs> there was always some sort of thought in the back of my mind when we were on the radio station this program director was programming. He changed the format to radio for guys, right? And I yep. understood the i understood the concept of it uh who we were going for but there were often times now especially when i look back on it i think to myself that whole radio for guys thing dude was sexist huh 
pretty sexist in like uh, just calling out gaslighting some of the uh, uh, Trump supporters of this season. I feel like they a lot of them would have <laughs> listened to that radio station. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And we oh, have yeah. plenty of female callers, by the way. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was a great station, but they blew it up because talk radio became too controversial and country music's easier. So, uh, you know, especially when you when you program it like a hot AC station and you appeal to all the, you know, suburban moms that, you know. Yes. So, fuck country music. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of, speaking of fucking country music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about the uh, this Luke Bryan thing re- to this weekend? Have you seen this? Yeah, he had Ron DeSantis come up on stage with him, Trump Jr. He yeah. did? Yeah. He did. And what what Luke Bryan said after the fact, when, when everybody lost it on him, was I was raised that when the governor of the state asked if they could come on stage, especially to raise money for a natural disaster, that you don't say no to him. Yeah. And, is that but really, my, though? I wonder. No, but my thing is, is that if Luke Bryan goes on stage... And if he goes up there and starts talking about we need to raise money for hurricane relief and that sort of, he's going to raise a lot more money than if he's got Ron DeSantis in there next to him. He doesn't need DeSantis to be up there with them. Yeah, think- he's the big star, right? Who gives a fuck about any governor that's going to be up there? It's uh, the big stars there. I get what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So I think that was him deflecting because. He supports Ron DeSantis's pro- policies and doesn't want to say it. And he just wants to give the excuse of, oh, we were there trying to raise money uh, for hurricane relief. Well, yeah. buddy, you could have done it all on your own. You didn't need him next to you. Totally true. And he got the backlash. And then uh, I'm sure this is his excuse, you know, as to why he did it. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, again, these Chick-fil-A comments we're getting. We're getting tons of likes, which those are the liberals, obviously, the like the video. But it's all the conservative douchebags that are commenting on there. And uh, one of the comments I saw was, what would happen if us conservatives boycotted all of the pro-gay businesses? And my answer is, you wouldn't be able to eat anywhere, fly anywhere, go to a sporting event, go to a concert, because most people are progressive and liberal and either support gay rights or at least don't speak out against it. So I would challenge you conservatives, go ahead, stop going to anything that is pro-gay, as you call it, because you're not going to Major League Baseball games anymore. You're not flying on any airline (laughs) anymore. There's so much you will not be able to do with your lives if you... You've only got a handful of concerts you'll still be able to enjoy. Uh, and you'll be enjoying Chick-fil-A and Papa John's, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, they, they kicked him out, actually. Oh, they did? He's out? Oh, he's been out, yeah. You know, Shaquille O'Neal is kind of is the big the big name. He's not even on the board anymore or anything. They got, they got Shaquille O'Neal, uh, who now owns a lot of Papa John's franchises on top of the 155 Five Guys Burgers franchises that he owns. Talk about Shaquille doing it right, dude. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw that. Speaking of Luke Bryan, and uh, uh, he's doing a, the American uh, Music Award show with Peyton Manning. Why is Peyton Manning getting all these jobs lately of hosting mainstream shit that has nothing to do with sports? Well, because he did so good uh, on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And I will say he was pretty funny. He uh, was good, dude. But uh, I don't understand why he's now uh, a staple in the community of doing award shows. That's weird. Well, because also he has a um, production company now called Omaha Productions. Oh. And and they're they're doing all sorts of stuff for ESPN and also non 
uh, sports-related uh, things, too. Kind of like how uh, LeBron was one of the executive producers of that TV show, The Wall. Mm. It was that game show where it was basically yeah. like a ripoff of Plinko, but you did it with right. dodgeballs. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was they're all getting into that now. Peyton's got this new game show quiz show that's on TV, and I can't remember the name of it, uh, but I think it's something championships and they do it like uh, three students come out from a college and take on three other students from a college in quiz jeopardy like questions and it's a pretty good show i find myself recording it so he's doing something but i just yeah i'm confused by the whole peyton manning thing well i mean yeah the saturday night live did him well he's got he's famous and he's got this good simple folk sort of delivery part probably because he's been hit in the head 500 he's likable yeah, yeah, but that also raises a good point. I think a lot of athletes have realized, like, all right, my 20s or my early to mid-30s was the peak of my life, peak of my earning potential, but now i got to live another 40 or 50 years and the paychecks aren't coming in anymore. So they're realizing you got to be an entrepreneur now. you got to take that money and parlay it into something. Otherwise, you're just going to burn through it. It's like the uh, majority of radio people becoming real estate agents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like used car salesman. Yes. That's a yeah. common thing. You leave radio and you sell real estate and cars. Yeah. So, so, uh, so right now, as of 2022, Peyton Manning has a net worth of $250 million. Good for him, dude. He's done He's well. good. But, you know, if you keep living that, you know, sports star lifestyle, that money does start to burn through. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many athletes have you heard about that? That in their forties and fifties, oh. all of a sudden they're broke. You hear about it all oh, well, the time. Well, ESPN did a whole uh, TV show on it called "Broke," and it was really, it's really interesting. And but what what a lot of people don't understand when athletes get big contracts is um, how much that they pay in taxes because and agents and all. Yeah. Oh no, but but the thing about it is, is that you don't just pay taxes in the state where you where your team is. So if you go to New York and you play the Giants or the Jets, you have to pay income tax in that state because technically you earn that money in that state. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, Crimea it, River, dude. Well, oh, no, on no. one level, yeah, Crimea River. But it, <laughs> yeah. it is the truth, though. Like, I made $100 million, but yeah, taxes, agents, your lifestyle, that stack starts well, to dwindle. But the, the, the lifestyle part of it is what that, that TV show broke, focused on the kinds of things that they were buying and also the people that as soon as you get the money, all of a sudden everybody comes out and wants to hook on like a barnacle and just start milking Absolutely. you for, for everything that, that they possibly can, you know? I think and, I'd be great at deflecting people asking me for money. I think I'd be really good, good really? at Really? Yeah, I think so. I've seen some documentaries about lottery winners that say my life became miserable. Every friend, family member, everyone's hitting me up, and the money goes quickly. And so, hey, yeah, it's careful. What answer me on. this, dude. If I, and be honest about the answer you give me. If I won ten million dollars, would either of you come and ask me for money? No. no. I mean, if I was in just desperate, dire straits, something catastrophic happening, maybe. But even then, I'd feel like a turd. So, no, I wouldn't just hit you up because you won. No. No. And see, that's that's you you're surround you yourself with greedy bastards, dude. Yeah. Just be surrounded by greedy freaking people. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we 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 had a um, a philanthropist here in Lake Tahoe that worked with our radio station that um, 
basically it was, it was this nice old lady who was dying and she had millions and millions of dollars and she had no relatives, no nobody to give it to. So she just started giving away her money all over town. And, a ton uh, of money, too. We're not talking about peanuts. We're talking about millions. Oh, like $40, $50 million. And she wow. was uh, giving away on our radio station just $500 at a pop. Call a nine, 500 bucks, 500 bucks, 500 bucks. I mean, we gave away $250,000 to listen wow. You know, through this philanthropist. And, um, but they experienced the same thing. Like we started having people showing up at the radio station, waiting for them in the hallway, uh, constantly hitting them up at the, you know, the grocery store or wherever, like they started to feel the burden of, you know, we put ourselves out there as being generous, but now people are just constantly. When do I get my 500? Where's my 500? And, and hitting up with false stories too. You know, oh, yeah. oh, my, 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 my brother has cancer and I need money for it. You don't have, you have a fucking brother. Like, so yeah, you know, you start yeah. giving away money, whether it's the lottery or, you know, because you're rich, then yeah, yeah, there is a can, dark side to it. Can we delve in quickly to that whole scenario of the angel? Sure. Just be uh, careful, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, just I want to say that there is a man. <laughs> there is a man. Be very who, careful. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. There's an underside of the story we're not going to touch. Okay. Well, this is the first uh, time hearing about this, so. Uh, well, why don't you, why don't you tell the story? You be careful. What are you trying to get here? <laughs> trying to do it. I just want to talk about the angel and her partner. Am I allowed to do that? I don't know. All I, I know going with the story. There's this a, is what I know. Brisky. Yeah. There is a woman that lived in Tahoe who had millions of dollars. And unfortunately she's a widowy. Okay. She met a man who did construction work on her home. Am I allowed to talk about this, Steve? I'm not going to say anything terrible. I don't know where you're going with this. So. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm going to put faith in you. She met he she met a man who to burn bridges with multimillionaires still living <laughs> no, in my I'm community. I'm not going to burn so. any bridges. This is a great story. It's actually a nice story, Bruce. Okay, then yes, proceed. Go ahead. She met a man who did construction work on her home and somehow they developed a great relationship to which I imagine uh, kind of a grandmother grandson relationship. Okay? okay. A trusting relationship. He became so close and uh, an assistant in, in so many words that he would do construction work around the house, but he would also like go to the bank for, he'd run into errands. He was a friend slash worker. Okay. All right. Yes. And he made friends with this lady and had this great relationship so much as though she got so old that she got him to start going and giving money out. Is that not true? Okay. Uh, you garbled out a little. So repeat your last sentence there for the audience. Uh, she uh, made such close friends to this guy that she gave him money to go give away to people as well, right? Okay. Yes. So he became her, you know, her everything, her assistant, her medical provider. Like he was the adult in her life, you know, helping her make decisions and power of attorney and all that kind of stuff. Because like I said, she had nobody. So yeah, this guy was a construction worker and... I don't remember what he did, but he did some really above and beyond, like did good work for her. And he was complaining that his truck was dying. And, you know, I can't show up Friday because my truck's, you know, is in the shop. And so she bought him a new truck. 
and because of that act of generosity, he started looking out for her and their relationship grew. And yeah, by the end of her life, he was her number one person. And most of the money in the last year or two was being given away via him. I mean, it was her money and it was always acknowledged that it was her money, but he of was, course. you know, he was the public face at that point. The conduit. We called him the guardian of the angel. Okay. And yeah. He was, uh, he was giving out a lot of the, the money at the end there and. And he and it's all a him, good story, and that's all I know. He himself received a ton of money from her, Absolutely. like to set him up for life, yes. right? Yeah. He uh, he told me that you know she told him like I'm going to give you all this money when I die, but I'm actually just going to give it to you now so that you don't have to work and you can just be my person. And uh, so yeah, I mean this guy went from construction worker to now he's a, a multimillionaire himself. Wow. And he did everything for her, dude. He, I mean, he made her tea at night. He would make her, you know, maybe a little twenty four seven. He lived there. Yeah, maybe he would make maybe tea. Maybe a little disgusting. Oh my god, gentlemen, Bruce, you, gentlemen. Why would you say something like that? No, this is where I'm not going to go with the story. <laughs> There's a real person in this community that's done a lot. No, of I get. No, I, I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shame I, on you. He'll step in and do more good stuff for people we all know. Nick, so. I'm 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 sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> let me see. Let me just. I'm sorry. How many edits I do I have to make I'm in this sorry. fucking show today? <laughs> There's only been sorry. two, dude. Come on. Do you Bruce. know what this? I got is. three on my list now. So, <laughs> you yeah. do? This uh, is like got a... Mike, Dave, and Angel. <laughs> yes. So this is <laughs> so, this, this uh, is in, this is getting like the the drunk show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully we won't have to make that. Many Everyone edits. we've referenced today are all good, solid citizens that <laughs> have lawyers and that I don't need to add them to the list of lawyers already fucking calling me about this show. So, yeah. Uh, all right, dude. Well, they've done nothing but good, altruistic things. So, absolutely. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. That, but that, sure that's any an... level of elder care gets into, uh, you know, unpleasant things, as Brewski has described on the show. So, well, no, but I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing that she decided to, to do that sort of thing with the money to the community. Yeah. This guy, this guy, aside whatever but i mean reaching out to the community like that uh, that's fantastic it's yeah. unfortunate that people decided to just become scumbags and start you know accosting her and 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 it's kind of like that whole thing that they say no good deed goes unpunished absolutely and that was my original point of winning the lottery or any of this philanthropy kind of stuff that yeah no good deed goes unpunished people are always looking to scam any system whether it's charity or food stamps or whatever it is so yeah. It's a nice place to leave it, dude. It's a nice yeah. place to leave it. Why don't we all talk when recording is over? Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now we're well, in trouble. No, no, you're no, not no in I don't trouble. mean about that. I just mean not about them. I just mean if there's other stories I have to share, I will do it when the recording's done. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it through uh, episode number 10. Even are we done? With, are we you in any? Uh, are we done? I don't know. I not thought we had to be. I don't. I don't have any place to be. Oh, you're. I thought you were trying to get rid of me because I made a faux pas. No, I'm not trying to get rid of anyone. I'm just saying when the show's over, we can all have our own little discussion. There's Brewski over there in the corner. He's mad as hell. (laughs) Someone get me some Cheetos. (laughs) Hey, dude, relax. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Let's stick with the vocal minority, the comment section, because uh, I got a comment this week that I, I, I don't know. Part of me feels slightly guilty, but not really, and that's my overall oh. point here. Okay. So we had we had talked about uh, Dubai, you know, Nick's experiences in Dubai, and the fact that you know women are literally second class citizens over there, required to cover their face. They, I think they can drive now, but you know, it's they are second class citizens over there, and they can be stoned to death, they can be thrown in prison, 
And uh, we were talking about the differences. Nick had told a story about, you know, not wanting to be standing next to his wife because there are, what did you call them, morality police or something? There? Yeah, there's morality piece, uh, police. And there's rules over there that are just, you know, so un-American as far as like, yeah, we're free to do pretty much whatever we want. As far as like PDA and stuff goes, it doesn't fly in Dubai. No. Oh, and, wow. and we made, uh, we were talking about the fact that you had to minimize Rachel while you were over there. And I made a joke that, you know, did you ever tell her, you know, like maybe you two were getting in an argument and you told her, respect the local customs woman, you know, pipe down <laughs> and cover your face up. And, and then I had made the comment that this is a good comparison that, you know, women may get made fun of in America for being a bad driver or something, but you don't get stoned to death. You don't get thrown in prison. And these Someone didn't are, like it. Yeah, these are the stark contrasts. So this woman <laughs> commented on, uh, this was on our YouTube page, actually. She says, uh, I am a Western woman and worked there in a girl's college. You have no idea, and in all caps, it is not funny at all. Now, first of all, I got laughs for my joke, so clearly there was something funny about it. So, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, it is funny oh, to wow. some extent, because I got laughs out of it. But the bigger point is obviously that I was trying to make the, the, the point that obviously America is significantly better and obviously it's fucked up what goes on over there. But I reject the premise that you can't make a joke about something, that there are topics that are so forbidden that you shouldn't make a joke on. I argue that anything should be subject to, uh, to, to joking because it, it mainstreams it, it normalizes it, it brings it into the conversation. And horrific things, mm. sometimes you need to have a little levity on the situation situation so that you can talk about it that you can make it human and relatable so making a joke that america's better than them should serve your overall bigger point the the point that i was making that of course nick wouldn't tell his wife to pipe down and cover the face up like obviously it was a funny joke but don't tell me i can't make a joke about something and don't tell me it's not funny when people laughed at what i said thanks steve <laughs> Thoughts, suggestions, comments. Well, I, 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 dude, my thought is is that first, first of all, you get real. This is what I'm talking about. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should get Brewski on board with reading the comments because I don't think you're a person to take these comments very well. How long did you come up with what you had to say? How well, long did you ponder this woman who you'll never meet? Instantaneous response. And it's my genuine response. So it's got reaction today. Got reaction. All right. You yeah. think that we could joke about anything? Yes. Yes. I mean, if it's funny, if someone laughs at it, then obviously it's <laughs> joke worthy. If Dude, I said that and you both were like, oh, harness, that's terrible. Well, then apparently it wasn't funny. And what I said was jerkish, but I got a laugh out of it. It's on the Internet. Go watch it. Listen, I but agree. The bigger point is that there should be no topic that you're like, no way, no how. It's like when Larry David went on Saturday Night Live and made jokes about the concentration camps. Like, if you do that joke wrong, obviously you're stepping in a major minefield. But his jokes were funny, and it spotlights the issue that obviously atrocities happen in concentration camps. But if you normalize it, if you humanize it with some level of humor, you're you're bringing attention to it. You're getting people to talk about it, and you're taking the stigma down a notch where people may feel comfortable talking about it. Dude, listen, I agree with what you're saying, personally speaking. Uh, this has been brought up with like uh, the recent comedy uh, woes that Dave Chappelle has had with the trans community and the 
you, you know, people did not think that that was funny if they were in the trans community. And if you are a trans ally, uh, you, uh, such as me, I've been made to feel like a pile of shit uh, if I think that what he said was funny. Okay, first of all, not every joke is funny to everyone. All right, so that's correct. It's you, your audience, right? Yeah, but again, like, don't you want to capitalize on the fact that Chappelle brought up this issue? Say, listen, I didn't think his joke was in good taste, but he brings up a valid point. Let's dissect it. You can yeah. use comedy as a as an entryway to a bigger discussion. And it's so un-American to tell somebody that you cannot joke about that at all, ever. There is no scenario. Don't tell me that. I'm supposed to have freedom of speech. If my well, joke is tasteless and you want to cancel me, go ahead. But if it gets laughs and if it starts a conversation, the bigger point is I brought up the disparity between the United Arab Emirates and the United States of America. That's the bigger point. But you got to get so focused on, oh, don't make a joke about it, that you're ignoring my bigger point that I'm advocating for you, saying, yeah, it is fucked up what goes on over there and look at this little comedy show talking about it well I, I, I think I think the problem that we run into is that too many people try to hijack the word comedy uh, to give an excuse as to why they get they should be able to say awful things sure so so it's, it's not like they, they they really weren't trying to be funny at all but that's an excuse for them to say, oh, it's just comedy. It's just comedy. I was just joking. Sure. And, and and unfortunately, then what happens is that they get slumped into actual comedy or what you were doing in this this case here, Steve, where you're making that point uh, about the UAE versus the United States. It's the hijacking of that. And yes. and we need to start. I, I don't know how you would police it, but I mean, say, you know what? No, you don't get to call that comedy because that's not what it was. You're just making excuses for bad behavior. Well, it's supposed to be kind of the free market, right? People keep saying Dave Chappelle got canceled because of his trans jokes. Cancel me, please. He's making millions of dollars on Netflix deals, doing comedy tours, playing stadiums. Like, he's not been canceled by any fucking means. He's been canceled by a certain community, maybe. Uh, by a vocal minority. What's that? I said they probably wouldn't have liked him in the first place, but e even still, it is so un-American to say that you should be banished because you made a joke I don't like. And, and are we not in a world of understanding where uh, if you actually have an issue with what I've said and you want to make me or the world around us better, why are you coming at me like that, dude? Why don't you come uh, of a place that I may see some reason and understanding with of maybe why that was offensive to you? And maybe it wasn't as funny as I thought, like, uh, but not to take anything away from the joke you made because it was hilarious. Uh, but why, why do you got to come at me like that? I mean, that I'm a pile of shit. Uh, we speak, well, for this podcast, okay, three hours. I speak for, sit here and talk for three hours. Do you think that I'm not going to say something that could be torn apart and think, oh, you're just going to take this little piece of Nick and yes. judge me by this? You're a fucking pile of shit. Oh, thanks. You should have listened to the other 30 hours I've talked this week. 
Tell yes. me what you think. It's the point I made about our program director earlier who takes a four-hour talk show and nitpicks one sentence, I said. It's right. the issue I'm going with uh, through X's that are taking quotes of ours out of context and saying, oh, they said this one thing, but ignoring the hundreds of other things we have said that's the opposite of what you're trying to claim I was making. And my joke about Dubai was, again, I wasn't advocating for what they're doing. My joke wasn't pro-Dubai. It was actually ripping on them. It was joking you, of the absurdity of what happens. Yes, and I'm highlighting that issue. So instead of screaming at me in all capital letters, you should thank us for opening the door, for bringing up the topic, for making it mainstream enough that this dumb little comedy podcast is talking about how fucked up it is the way they treat women over there. There was a little tiny person that was listening to our program that had no idea the differences in the ua and america and now they do dude we were talking about it yes chill out please the the more you know the more you know that's right brewski sharing is caring that's what we've done yeah (laughs) thank you steve (laughs) you are so funny yeah trying man i'm trying (laughs) you're doing your best now if i can as a as an aside on this yeah. Uh, those of us who know Nick's wife laugh yeah. at, the, at the at the possibility of Nick trying to tell right. say a stick her on a shelf. Yeah, exa- exactly. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, she would not let me put baby in a corner. That's for sure. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, Nick is uh, married to a professional arguer, a lawyer. So mm-hmm. I, I have nothing but sympathy for you for what and a veteran must be like. A- and a veteran who knows how to shoot a gun, too. Right. I think I said on the show one time before that when I was in uh, marriage counseling, when my, uh, you know, when, when my ex-wife came to me and said, you know, I'm, I think I'm ready for divorce, we went through like a year of marriage therapy trying to save the marriage. And my therapist, our therapist at one point had told me, like, my two least favorite kind of clients are lawyers and cops because they have to be right for a living and they're just professional arguers and they always assume they're in the right and have to convince you of that. And then she looked at me and she said, I'm adding a third job category. Fucking talk show hosts are major pains too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You always well, got right. You've got a little lawyer and cop in you, Harness. I mean, I uh, come on. I you come from what? a long line of lawyers. I miss The funny couple. thing about Rachel is, is that I have to say this and I'm not blowing smoke is that when we first started dating, uh being with a lawyer was terrible in the sense of arguments but i think over the years uh and i think it's what makes her a good attorney is that she's listening for other points and will like take other points she's not so bad to argue with uh because she's not all about being right she's all about being on a fact-finding mission and then if she could stick it to you at the end, she will. Yeah. But if she can't, you know, she'll just be like, oh, I learned a lot. You know, like, so, yeah, she's not too bad to argue with. And I think you've learned a few uh, tips over the years from Mr. Miyagi. You're the yeah. dad son, you know, because you've uh, you've picked up a suit a law degree as well, I've noticed. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Listening to her a lot. Yeah. And that's one thing I will tell you about lawyers. They talk about their job an awful lot. And yeah. I mean, they have to because they're constantly like talking through shit. Right. Yes. And, it, you know, it's easy to make fun of lawyers until you need one. Then they're your best friend all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And I've learned that lesson many times over in my life, especially in this past year. So Yeah, sometimes you need a lawyer. And they're not easy to grab on speed dial, dude, unless you have a retainer with a lawyer. Like, it takes some time to get an attorney, and especially a good one, you know? Yes. And in this job shortage thing, uh, they are difficult. I have multiple lawyers on my payroll. I've got business lawyers. I've got uh, FCC lawyers. I have personal lawyers. I have trademark lawyers. I I mean, it's... It's insanity. And like I said, it's easy to call them all, you know, scum sucking sharks and whatnot until you need them. And then boy, do you need them? And boy, are they your best friends at that point? So don't, don't be so quick to throw lawyers under the bus. Yeah. That's great advice, Stephen. Yes. All right. Uh, Do you feel like you're big balling more now than ever? Because there was a time in our lives that we had hoped that like someday I hope to have a lawyer on the payroll. (laughs) That old thing where someone was like, you know, call my lawyer. I was like, what kind of person just has a lawyer that you can call? Now it's which one of my lawyers do you need to call? (laughs) So let's narrow it down. Uh, Yeah. Pick a topic. Pick a topic. Yeah, indeed. Um, I don't know. Uh, speaking of lawyers, I, I, I'm tempted, Nick, to give you guys my dating life update. Oh, oh yeah, you should, dude. Yeah. Let me, let me let me breeze through some of these points, all right? But just for the audience that maybe actually gives a shit, you know, the the hundred of you that are listening to this podcast, we have thousands on social media, but those are little clips. Those of you listening to this full podcast, we appreciate it and keep spreading the good word for us. But we've talked heavily about my dating life. Uh, first of all, I would heavily encourage everyone to listen to episode number three repeatedly because that is the origins of this story. Episode number three. Oh boy, I think that deserves more downloads. As many downloads we can get. Yeah, bookmark it, share it with people. Episode three is just brilliant, brilliant radio. So you should definitely some of the best you'll ever hear, apparently. If you've never heard it, you're you're screwing yourself out of great content. So episode number three, share it. Uh, that's where I told the breakup story through uh, through my ex, and now I'm on to uh, to a woman I was engaged to. <laughs> At least I haven't been married twice. Yeah, that's true. You have not. I dodged yeah. that bullet, but you got that going for you. Yeah, so we had the dating coach on. We're getting me back in the dating world because no part of me wants to go backwards. <sighs> I'm just trying to go forwards and, um, yeah, how he feels been, from the bottom of his heart. That's how he feels. He's been trying to tell you, dude, I can't even begin to tell you <laughs> speaking <laughs> of the weight of my words. All I have said on this show is how I want to move on. I've never once said I want to go backwards yet. Somehow that's the picture. Some people are trying to paint out there. That's I, true. I would rather have syphilis coming out of my eyeball <laughs> and go back to what I used to be with. I mean, there is no fucking scenario that that is ever going to happen. So just go away goodbye <laughs> but anyway so a couple of stories we had talked about one uh this angelina jolie woman came up i'll just tell you i don't know what happened with that i almost wonder if i'm being catfished because this woman was insanely beautiful and she was geotagged on the dating app to the exact neighborhood where one of my other stalkers lives so i don't know what happened with that one but i got excited because she was gorgeous and then all of a sudden you know we were going to go out on a date it was like the day of and then all of a sudden she's just like nope never mind i'm moving to afghanistan or something like she just vanished on me so no more angelina jolie yeah it was odd dude i i think it was a catfish it had to be a catfish there was so much interest dude and then I, just she boom. came after me you know yes. she sought me out in the dating app i want to talk to you about podcasting and radio and all this stuff and then all of a sudden just as soon as it was like all right let's meet tonight at seven at this restaurant all of a sudden boop gone 
Gone. Okay, so I don't know what you were up to, but that Angelina Jolie's gone, so that's fine. Uh, we talked about the lawyer that I had met before COVID, and we texted, and I, you know, I had always thought about her, and you know, she was the one first date I never forgot about. Apparently, COVID did not do her right. She spent the entire pandemic alone, and she went off the deep end as well. So no more lawyer. So that one's done. Yep. And now, um, here's the deal. I've got. I've got Suicide Girl on the on the book. <laughs> suicide had, Blonde. Yeah. We had talked about th- this crazy, raving alcoholic woman who just wants to bone me. Nice. And, you know, I had said, if I don't have any valid second date material out there, maybe I should just go play the field. So maybe, uh, maybe I go and meet up with Suicide Girl. Well, she's driving me fucking nuts now. I had to, I had to silence her on my phone. Uh oh. Um, she, I got off the dating app. That it was. She, I met her on Bumble, and I just, I was over Bumble. It was, it's costing way too much, and no one valid is on there. Yeah. I, I did a little Bumble experiment. I just decided I'm going to swipe right on everybody, and let me see how many of these women reply. No one, no one replied. I oh, think, I know. I think a lot of those are either people that never on there or their old profiles or what it is. I have no idea. But so I dropped her off. Um, so I got rid of Bumble, but I had given Suicide Girl my phone number. Uh, knowing that I can block her at any point. Yeah. Did we lose Nick? What is going on? I'm looking for feedback here. Where wow. Yeah. No, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you following along? Were you just taking a oh. leak? What was happening there? <laughs> I was taking a leak, dude. Right. I, I heard everything you said. I was right by you. Can you give me a heads up? I don't know if you're frozen, <laughs> if you're coming back, if you're listening. Like I'm I'll just never killing, be frozen. I'm, I'm killing time here, not knowing where you are. <laughs> I'm listening, dude. Okay. <laughs> so I, I have two valid women on the hook, and we'll talk about them in a second. But fucking suicide, girl. I okay. had convinced myself that I needed to go bang this woman and just get it out of my system. But she's driving me nuts. I had to mute her on my phone because Sunday, uh, yesterday, she just... She just kept calling over and over at like Ugh. 7 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, mute, mute. And then she just kept calling. So finally, I'm like, I got to block you. What, what was it, Friday? For, during the day, she was uh, texting you like crazy and she was wasted at noon? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Noon on Friday, she's texting me. And I'm, I text her. I'm like, I'm at work. I'll talk to you, you know, later. And then she texts me like, I need help. And I'm like, you know me, I'm a good guy. So I, I tell her like, don't jump off the building for like 20 minutes. Can you wait? Like, let me, I got a deadline and I did with Nick, by the way, like I got to finish some stuff for him before I fucking talk to you. So I finished stuff. I call her and she's, she, she wasn't in trouble. She couldn't find the key to her house because she drunk at noon on a Friday. And, oh and my the phone God. just goes dead. And I'm just like, lady, I, I got a job. Like, I don't know what your bullshit is. But then she vanished for two days because I had a notion of maybe Saturday night I'll go down and, uh, you know, bang this woman. Yeah, there Please. you go. Please but, uh, don't do it. But I got Please sick on Saturday, not. you know, from all the stuff I've been dealing with. So, but tomorrow is this woman's 50th birthday. And again, she doesn't look 50. She's thin, young, or young looking, you know, this cute blonde, but she's just mentally unbalanced. So I haven't unblocked her from my phone yet. And I know as soon as I do, I'm going to have a hundred voicemails or texts waiting there. So I'm, I'm having this conundrum of, you know, should I go down and give this woman a birthday present? What uh. is the conundrum, dude? Why would you welcome any of this drama that no doubt you already have and you've never met her? I just you- want bang, bang, bang. I get, That's the conundrum. You're too horny right now, dude. Yes, I went from having steady, consistent, phenomenal sex to now I've just been in a total drought. 
Well, so but you know what? I'm a little wound you, up. But you know that the minute you bang this chick, she's going nowhere. She's going to be stuck to you like glue. She's you already gotta, going nowhere. Maybe I should bang her. So at least there's a reason for her to be glomming on to me. I haven't even um, met the woman and she can't. Yeah, but, but that, I mean, I'm, I'm, it does a different level, though. I think that this old, this old, like, this is like steroid level at that point. <laughs> Look into you know? my computer eyes, Steve, right now. I want to tell yeah. you something. Listen, uh-huh. I want you to know that this is the kind of woman that will somehow find a way outside your window and be waiting outside your home. If you do not contact her back uh, quickly enough, like <laughs> this woman will end up at your home unwanted. I promise you. And boiling a bunny in your kitchen. <laughs> Quite possibly. <sighs> I know you're both right. I mean, so that's- what are you <laughs> doing, dude? Uh, jerk the Turk and let's move on, dude. Come R- on. Just rough up the suspect and, and be done with that. I need some. Uh, I'm craving some human contact. Now, I, like I said, I've got two others on the hook now. Get a steak and warm it up in the microwave and, and rough up the suspect. There you no, go. No, I don't need the fleshlight. I don't Take need some pictures. That stuff. <laughs> like, I just. Uh, why do so many men do this? Why can't I do it? Why can't I just go bang a woman and get it out of my system and then block her on my phone and be done with it? Why can't I have my cake and eat it too? God damn it. Because just, she just, knows you work at a radio station. She knows where to find you, dude. But she's probably already going to find me. She's probably outside the door right now. Like, why not, you know, toss a hump in her? <laughs> dude, just, you know what? Just, just go on Tinder and, and ask women if they're DTF. And, and they're going to then stalk me and be crazy, right? No, because if they if they're on there looking for that, then that's all they want, and then and then they're done. And you don't tell them who you are. I mean, you're yeah. Rob already messed up the fake name thing. Reno, tell them, you know, tell, like, her, uh, tell your name is Stefan. Yeah, she heard my voicemail on my phone, so she knows you know where I work and everything. Stefan, she knows, dude, and I guarantee you, she'll be outside of your house. Well, so what do I do then? Do I just keep her blocked and hope for the best? Or do I unblock her and say, hey, listen, you're a little much for me. Why don't you get your raging alcoholism under control? And Oh, no, don't don't go there. Don't mention no. that. Don't open a door for her, dude. We're closing a door. But if, if you slam it in her face, she may boil my bunny. If I leave a, a crack in the door, maybe she'll not come kill me. I don't think it's the best advice. But so you keep ghosting? Is that uh, what your advice is? You know what? I would tell her. Look, this is the this is the most that we're ever going to have is we're going to communicate on the phone and whether or not we have manipulation over the phone uh, or not. I don't need that's... to communicate with her. Okay, so why, why do you care when ass. she said I need help? Why do you throw your life on pause? Well, I didn't. I finished my logs for you. And then I called the woman that <laughs> she was on a roof. I let a suicidal woman sit on a rooftop for a half hour waiting for you. So that's yeah. my priorities right there. I understand <laughs> that I take priority, but I'm saying that she is obviously on your very crowded list of things to do. I know. But again, why? if I'm just going to go play the field, then why not? Thin, young, good looking blonde. Like, why yeah. not? Why not go over to Jeffrey Dahmer's house and just we're just gonna watch a movie? <laughs> we're just taking some pictures. I can't I love and leave. Um, I mean, again, if she's gonna stalk me, if she's gonna be added to my ever-growing list of stalkers that can't seem to get rid of me, then 
at least I bang the other ones that are following me and watching me online and all that. No, I just have a sex-free stalker now. That's I like know my dog will eat anything. That doesn't mean I'm going to stick a steak under his nose and see if he'll eat it, dude. <laughs> I I don't want you to entice her in anymore. Uh, all, right. all right. The hard the hardest tattoo. You know how hard it is to wash off. No, this woman turns fifty tomorrow. And something tells me if you do dip your wick in that, you are going to be testing very soon. Okay. That is a problem. I know for a fact I'm disease free right now, and I want to stay that way. So. Well, it, if, if you do it, uh, if you Bruce do it, he's leaving the door open. If I know he always is. He's a freak <laughs> dude, dude. He's wearing a warrior's vest. Listen, <laughs> you know, go ahead, Rookie. You've got the if, for talk. If if you Shut do up, this, <laughs> if if you do this, you got to bring her a nice bottle of booze. Not flowers. The cheap stuff. No, 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 not for her birthday, her 50th oh, birthday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, yeah, I'm not saying you would care so emphatically about this woman. You buy no. nice booze and yeah. put it on your to do list. Why? I just, I'm going to take it, her out to a nice casino, <laughs> hang the living snot out of her. I'll give yeah. her the best birthday ever. And then I don't know. Maybe I call her again. Maybe I don't. Like, I. I this is my point. Am I looking for a relationship or am I just going out to play the field? And why am I not allowed to just go play the field like so many men have? They don't seem to have moral conundrums over this. I don't think it's I don't think it's you you're not allowed to do that. I think that what Nick is saying is that perhaps this particular person is not somebody that, that you should be engaging with. That there, there are other candidates out there that won't boil your bunny. Just Listen, when Bruski says, already. Yeah, let's ahead. rough up the suspect, he's talking about you playing with yourself. He's, this I woman know. is a suspect, a stalker, dude. She is going to find her way into your life if you give her a little taste of harness, especially <laughs> just a little taste. She's going to be like, oh, I've never met a 46-year-old man who just goes and has Gatorade and hops on for another. That's like, you're harness. a unicorn, dude. <laughs> Come on! I am a unicorn, but uh, yeah. I don't know. All right. Hey, listen. At the end of the day, you do what you want to do. You ask for my opinion, and no, I, I am. I am. I'm asking I, your opinion, and I, I value it. I value both of your opinions, and you're both <laughs> probably right. You know, but well, Bruski's telling you to humper. No, <laughs> no. I said, I, I said, if he, if he were to go down that road. Yeah, but that leaves the door open. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, for hours. <laughs> now, keep, keep in mind, I have a very good friend of my life named Ken. We've been friends since we were 12 years old. And I can't tell you how many times he said to me, Jay, don't do it. And then I would do whatever he told me not to do. Yeah. And then after it went horribly bad, he'd say, Jay, do the words don't do it mean anything to you? Yeah, so maybe, maybe I'm sure should... there's no happy ending to the story. I mean, other than my personal happy ending on her face, uh, there's no. <laughs> yeah. oh God, dude. Well, if you're gonna Nick, and if you're gonna do it, you gotta you gotta do it right. None yeah. of this half-ass shit. If you're gonna do it, you know what? Do the whole facial. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and by the way, just real quick about facials, I was kind of joking about that. But one of my stalkers, the crazy one on the North Shore, she asked me to do that to her to give her a facial. Nice. And I told her like I've never done that before. Like, but you're asking for it, so okay. I will tell you, I felt terrible immediately <laughs> i drenched this woman and i was just like i am so let me get you a towel like i am so sorry like she's sitting there with her eyes closed like 
just like wet paint dripping. <laughs> I'm like, I, I am so sorry. I, I know you begged for it, but this is terrible. Don't ever do that to someone. I just felt so terrible. Listen, I don't want to sound like a maniac, and this I'm sure will make me sound like a maniac, but the deal is, is that I've always had, and I don't know why exactly, I've always had a hard time uh, when I'm getting a BJ finishing oh, in no, a mouth. Yeah, oh, like guilt-free you have a hard time, you mean, or what? A hundred percent. I feel like, I feel like, and this is the honest God reason, I feel like it's so demeaning to the person who's getting it Mm. that I have a really hard time with it. And I don't want to be on the other end of making my partner feel demeaned in any way, even if they're not, even if we've said, uh, I don't feel demeaned. I don't feel demeaned. I have something inside of me that cannot, I I just can't do it. I mean, and I have before, but uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Have you ever given a facial before? No, but. Obviously, I've done it on Bate, you know. Sure, uh, sure, sure. TNA yeah, is probably the place I l- like to do it. If I'm not going to do it, enjoy the party indoors. Yeah, <laughs> you <yeah>. know. <laughs> Listen, as far as what you're talking about, you know, oral, whether you finish in or out, um, 100% up to the woman. I, um, my, my, my ex-wife, she told me, you ever do that to me and I will punch you in the throat. You know, so we had a very clear system of like, stop, I'm, I'm getting ready. Stop, 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 stop. Uh, and I always respected that. And I never violated it. Um, yeah. But my my other ex loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So yeah. hell yeah, I'll take are, advantage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. There are women who like it. There are women who like it. Like I said, it's a personal thing, I guess. But yeah, I don't want yeah. to offend them. If they tell me to finish in their mouth, I will. I mean, otherwise it's rude. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no. I uh, I think respect I'm your woman's wishes. That's I'm I was, in the minority, dude. I I know I'm in the minority. Well, no. and you're on the well, vocal I, minority, but uh, still, finish wherever they'd like, wherever you. Yeah, that, that's that's the way I feel too. If they say, because I'll tell you, it's ha- it's it's on its way. Right. There's a, pa- there's, there's a package coming, yeah. and, and you know, um, and then it's up to them at that point. Yes, and that is how I usually do it. You know, these last, you know, my dating life of the last couple of years, I, I've told them, like, I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready. And if they keep going, well, I've warned you now. Yeah. So, okay, uh, if you're not, you know, pulling back or whatever, then I'm just going to proceed. I'm warning you. Here it comes, here it comes. Like, Boom. stay there then. I agree, dude. I agree. Communication I, is the key. Yeah, it is. You're right. Communication. I always have you know, it. I always have it. I, I've got this habit, though, when – it wouldn't would happen that I would yell Yahtzee. <laughs> no, you do not. That's not a real thing. It is so. Really? What, what do you mean you'll yell Yahtzee? <laughs> that, it was it, the first time it happened. It was just like not even thinking about it. And for some reason that came out of my mouth and it happened a few the times. Knock out of her mouth. Yes. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but after that, it just kind of got to a point where it, it kind of made me laugh and it also kind of heightened the experience wow so, so that's that Pavlovian thing you've connected yahtzee to a uh, you know finishing like that so yes you know, it's connected that's funny. Did, is this something that you tell women before you're with them like hey just to let you know i no. yell yahtzee no you'll know 
No, you should no. warn people because I I I, I would think that'd blue. be quite a shock, dude. Yeah. Well, and but, younger but women it, may not know what Yahtzee is, by the way. Backgammon. Gotta yell Pokemon for the younger generation. <laughs> Although I, I, you know what though? Now I, I have a a, la- a young lady who is uh, actually messaged me on uh, Tinder. She's yeah. eight, 18 years old. Now my my profile clearly says I am fifty one. And she's made it clear that uh, she's not looking to get into a relationship or anything like that. Hey, so, fucking I mean, Yahtzee, I, man. Go for it. I, 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 I might have to do the Pokemon thing, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon, Pikachu. Are you talking to this girl, this 18-year-old? Yeah, yeah. Like about comic books and shit, or are you talking about <laughs> dirty things? No, we, we, haven't, we haven't progressed so K-pop much into or, that. Yeah. You know. All right. So you're just friends right now. For the moment, yes. All right. Well, you feel like it's going somewhere? Ride that pony. Just, it, I'm hoping so. Yeah. You are? Wow. Well, not, I don't want to date her. I don't want to date her. Stop it. You're so horny, dude. You can't see five feet in front of you, dude. It's just dude, horn dog. Listen. Consensual adult. She's 18. Like, fine. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But if, dude, I understand. But your mother will be watching this program. Um, she will. Mrs. Harness, mom, um, my cutoff was 28, and everyone yelled at me for that. So now my cutoff's like 29 and a half. <laughs> well, you know, and listen, if she wants to come to stately Brewski Manor and ride the baloney pony, then I'm have no problem doing it. Exactly. That's no problem at all. That's all right. uh, that's like women's rights and independence. If this woman wants to uh, ex- express herself, then go right ahead. It would be yeah. sexist to deny her the opportunity, and we're not sexist, are we, Nick? It would be sexist, sexist or would it be ageist? <laughs> no, listen, listen, Madonna said. Whatever gets the job done, I don't know. <laughs> Madonna said you girls need to, you know, express yourself and you don't want to let Madonna down. Exactly. Yeah. Why would we do that? Dude? I wouldn't so, let Madonna down. Here's another question for you on the casualness. Uh, Brewski, tell me if this is a red flag. There's, okay. uh, there's a woman I'm calling the Valley Girl. She lives down in the Valley here. She's cute blonde, girl next door type, um, roughly my, our ages and uh, okay. you know, parent and all that. But her, uh, her dating profile says looking for something casual. Which Nick, I told him, and he's like, oh, that just means you want to start off casually. Every relationship starts off casually. What do you interpret that to mean in the internet dating world? I I would take that to mean that she wants to bang, bang, bang. Yeah, she's just looking for a hookup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't get that impression off of our conversations, but that's what she said she's looking for. But But again, you got to back up because she said looking to start as something casual uh, if no. she was just looking to bang no. bang bang she said i'm just looking casual here this is internet well, dating code it's either well, looking for friendship looking for chatting looking for long-term relationship or looking for something casual something so, casual means hookup only but but i i i think that there's a difference between looking for something casual and looking for hookup only hookup hmm. only is down and dirty you know come over do what you need to do and then leave and, and we don't talk anymore or maybe we talk when we want to do it again whereas casual means you know you go out you still have a date you know you go on dinner hmm. you go do something fun together and then the night you know the little nightcap where, where you know you bet you're banging the night away right. and that sort of thing but you're still it's it's a different level of of things hmm. See, that's the hook- what i'm hoping for because yeah. to me, that's dating. Like, you know, we don't live together. We go out, we see a movie, we have sex, we go our separate ways. Like, it's just a question of how casual. Is she doing it with a bunch of guys or is she looking for one guy that we can just be quote unquote casual together? If that's the situation, fine. 
But no, if you're doing it with twenty other guys, then no, I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but I I don't think though even in dating though, it doesn't always mean that you that you have sex because a yeah. lot of dating. What the hell's the point then? I I get that, but Steve, go I mean, see a movie alone. What the hell? You know that there are a lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Every, not everyone wants to. Now you're scaring you know, me. If you're telling no. me you're just looking to be a friend, fuck that. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, but but most a lot of women don't want to bang you on the first date. Yeah, that's what fine. I'm saying. I won't no, do it that, on the first date. That's fine. Yeah, that, that's that's unless what I'm you're suicide about. girl. But you know what I mean. Like, if I actually respect a woman, I'll tell her like we can't do it on the first date just for the sake of it. And but and second and, date, I'm all for it. You are then, second date's good. Yes. All right. Yeah, well, we're, and, we're obviously interested if we're going on a second date. Let's not get caught up in some moral semantics like, oh, we can wait for the third date and then I'm not a whore. Like, we're both consenting adults here. If we're into each other, let's just do it. First date's a little skanky mm-hmm. for both of us. But second date and on, yes, game on. And and also, I need to correct something I shared with you uh, Please. probably a few, a few shows back oh. when I talked to you about that. <laughs> retraction. All right, go ahead. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> I'm cl- a clarification. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. So when I talk to you about <laughs> about demisexual people, yeah, and how they have to um, have a strong emotional bond to you, yeah. Mm. What I have actually found through re- reading is that demisexual people are actually on what they call the asexual um, spectrum. Oh. And, and asexual means that they don't they don't want it or they they rarely want it. So what they want is they they want you to be there for the hugs and the cuddling and that sort of thing. But they don't want to take care. Of the, they don't want to have, because they don't they don't feel sexual attraction. No. They just puppy. want. Yeah, exactly. Get I a saw a term the other day. The, yeah, if you just want companionship and cuddle, get a fucking dog. But he said they want sex once in a while. <laughs> no, but it's, it's like, rare. It's very yeah. rare, Nick. It but says still, you don't want a puppy for that. I saw a term the other day. Well, if you're in Tijuana, I guess. But um, I, I saw a term the other day. I had to Google a gray sexual. Have you oh, yeah. That, that, that's that's kind of in between. That's another. No. Like, it, I looked it up, and it's basically like, we can have sex, but I don't really want it. I don't need it. Like, yeah, no. exactly. And I don't want to have sex with anyone that doesn't want to have sex with me. Yeah. I mean, it's a relationship. So. First on my rule. <laughs> that's my first rule. First, we get married, then you stop having sex with me, not the other way around. <laughs> like, Jesus, people. So, no, that was a swipe left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, there are a lot of all these different terms now, and it just seems like all these uh, the people just they don't want any intimacy at all and any physical intimacy. Yeah. Uh, they, they, want, they want buddies and friends and I'm sorry, but I've got enough friends. Exactly. I shouldn't have to Google what you are to determine if we can go on a date. A lot of new new categories, dude. A lot of new categories. I can't keep up on them all. Go on a friendship app if you just want to be friends with somebody. Go on Facebook then, not dating apps. A meetup or something like that. So, all right. So I got to figure out what kind of casual Valley girl is looking for. So we'll see. We may be going out this weekend. Who knows? But Are you talking to her? 
Yeah, I mean, our our, our our back and forth have been somewhat limited, but, you know, she's there, we chat, and then it started to spears, and we're there, we chat, and so, but she keeps telling me, like, you know, because I asked her out this last weekend, and she's like, I got the kids this weekend, but I, I promise I'm not, you know, just ghosting you here, like, let's do it next week, so we'll see. I, I've learned that so many women are full of shit when it actually comes down to, let's meet this day, this time, so, yeah, so yeah. who knows? But she's my type. She lives nearby. So we'll see. And then uh, there's another one on the hook right now that Nick and I have dubbed Point Break. And she is something. She's Tyler, dude. She's Tyler. She's got that look. She's got the short hair, punk rock kind of chick, you know, tattooed up. Yeah, that's Lori Lori Petty. She was Tank Girl. Yeah, there you go. I'm usually not into short hair. I find long hair just on its own to be very attractive. But I've always said, if you are a woman that can pull off short hair, you must be stunning. And let yes. me tell you, this woman pulls off short hair. I sent Nick the picture. She's she's stunning, right? Yeah, she pulls off short hair. She's a cutie. She's got pink short hair. And, uh, nice. Yeah. Well, she's a little punk in, in her girl. various pictures, some are gray, some are pink, some are blue, some she's goes platinum blonde which i guess is her natural but you know I, i'm starting to wonder like i've been dating professional types you know maybe i need a chick with some tattoos and that you know loves rock and roll music and she's a big fan of like the misfits is like one of her favorite bands and nice you know, she's a punk rock girl and maybe that's what i need maybe what you need dude maybe so, exactly what you're looking for I, we're you having know. some good back and forth she's one of these you know, I, I start asking women now on these apps right away. Like, some women are like, I don't want to message. I'm not looking for a text, buddy. Let's just meet for a drink and see if we spark. And yeah. others are like, no, let's message for a while, see if we're compatible first. And she's that type. So we've been going back and forth. We're playing the Desert Island disc game and all that kind of stuff. And she seems pretty fucking badass. She's stunning. She, you know, takes no bullshit and calls it like it is. And so I don't know. I'm sort of. I think that's that, that, would, that would really be good for you, too, Steve. Because I, I think. think I, yeah, I, th- I think you would appreciate that kind of that verbal sparring. Yes, you know I like an I- alpha woman. You know, I always date women that are a bit of an alpha dog, and this would be a different type than I've uh, been with before. My ex-wife was definitely an alpha dog, uh, but you know, she's a professional type. You know, was a, went from school teacher to running a retail business and whatnot. And yeah. my my ex, my ex, you know, most recent was a corporate woman, and um, you know, I don't know. Maybe I need kind of a rock and roll chick to go back to my roots. You know, I got the guitar yeah. and dirt bikes. You know, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think you do, dude. That's my that's my opinion as of now that on your list of people that she's probably uh she should be number one and then the valley girl i mean see what happens with all of of that but yeah this is something a little different like brewski said i think the verbal sparring the you don't like a girl that just does everything you know yeah like a little spice a little spice you like a little spice a strong woman yep has opinions yeah. As a personality. So, yeah, she sounds like, uh, I mean, musically, you match, right? Yes. I mean, as Nick likes to rub in my face, one of her favorite bands is The Cure, and I'm not a big Cure fan, but I don't, I hate The Cure. I don't hate people that love The Cure. Know what I mean? I get it, dude. Yeah, Some of my favorite people love The Cure. People including Nick. Um, so I'm not going to hold that against her, but no, her whole list of bands. I mean, she's, yeah, she's hardcore, you know, she's a cool rock and roll chick. Nice. Uh, she's not going to ask me to take her to some fucking country music show. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. So if I can get that not go out of my life. tickets, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, she's not that kind of girl. No, <laughs> you don't do something saying? like that. Who would beg you to buy tickets to a concert and then just tell you, nah, I don't want to go. Yeah, so not anyone you want to be with ever again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, enough already. So yeah, 
So that's the update. Suicide Girl is less attractive because I do have two viable ones on the hook. I want to find out what Valley Girl's definition of casual is. And yeah, I want to see where Point Break goes because she's pretty badass. And uh, I think we'd look good together. So Nice. Hey, dude, you took your year-end ride. Steve does something great, Brewski, for uh, the beginning of the dirt biking season and the end of the dirt biking season. Yep. He sits up on Genoa Peak and spends a little time with himself, just kind of pondering life and where it's gone over the last year or where it may be going in the next year, right? Yeah. So we have a six-month off-road season up here in the mountains. I can ride year-round if I go off the mountain. But I've noticed that the season runs from June 1st to October 30th first and just by happenstance i i started to notice that my life is always completely different from one season to the next wherever i start the season is not where i end the season and wherever i end the season is not where next year's season starts i'm talking like you know i, I was married one year and then not and then i'm single and now i'm in a relationship i started off this season engaged to be married living in our new family home together and now at the end of the season i'm single and back in my own house like life seems to dramatically change from dirt bike season to dirt bike season. So I've started this ritual of going up to the mountain peak and I sort of reflect on where I'm at in life right now. And I start to wonder where will I be when the next season starts up? And I sat on top of that mountain yesterday and normally I have a pretty good vision of where I think life is going. It never happens that way, which is the point of what I'm saying here, but at least I feel like I know where life is going. But I sat up there yesterday on that mountain. I have no fucking idea where life is going. I have no idea where I'm going to be June 1st, who I'll be with, who I won't be with, where I'll be working. Like, I mean, I even wondered, will I still be on this dirt bike? Like, will I be up here next season? Like, I have no fucking idea where life is going. Uh, Is that an uncomfortable feeling? Yes. I always am able to plot my life and see where it's going. But what this last several years has taught me is that's a fool's errand. You may look to the stars and think you know, but the universe is laughing at you. And yeah, uh, yeah, I'm truly curious to know where the hell I will be on June 1st. I pray to God that we are doing the show and it's, it's taken off. I, I, I pray I could still afford to have a dirt bike and be up there. And I hope I'm with somebody special, but I have no idea. My wishes no and mean nothing to the universe. That's the truth, dude. Uh, but uh, when you analyze your life in that way, uh, do you seek out the constants you have in your life? Do I seek out the constants? What do you mean? Yeah, like, I mean, when you're you're saying that everything changes from season to season, like your life is totally different from season to season. In that whirlwind, do you seek out what your constants are? I mean, you're looking for some constants in your life. I know you are. Yeah. Uh, what do you do? You think about what the constants in your life currently are? Because some things haven't changed, right? To some extent. I mean, you could say like my kids have been a constant, but one season I had a daughter named Haley, and the next season I had a gender-neutral child named Neo. Like, so not even my constants are staying constant. Yeah. You know, my, my, my son has gone from being 10 years, 12 year old. Now he's a 13 year old teenager. And, you know, so it, even my career, like I've been at the same radio station throughout all of these seasons, but boy, has the, the world changed within that thing. Yeah. Like, I remember one year sitting going, man, I'm, I'm going to be doing summer concerts. I'm going to have Ice Cube coming this summer. How cool is that? And then by the end of the season, like those concerts were a success, but behind the scenes, it turned into a whole debacle between me and the one of the entities involved in it. And, you know, my business has been just hammered from the pandemic. And so even things that 
have been constant in my life have gotten completely shuffled around. So I don't know where anything's going. Yeah, no, it's an interesting thing to think about, dude. And uh, I mean, part of it is the growth of life. Uh, you know, life is always changing and evolving or devolving. You know, it's always making some sort of changes. But there was no uh, vocal minority at the start of this season on June 1st. You and I had been talking about it, but it hadn't happened yet. And now here yeah. it is. And God, I pray to God that this thing just keeps growing for us. This is what we all want. And yeah. But again, yeah. I start to think, don't think that way because the universe is going to go, ha-ha, let me fuck with that thing then if that's what you want. <laughs> you know? But yeah. I don't know. Well, People keep telling me, have a positive attitude. Conceive, believe, achieve. And uh, boy, I mean, there's something to be said for that, but it's also a lot of bullshit. You can't conceive your way into everything. No. You cannot. You cannot conceive and manifest your way into everything. Uh, a lot of it's just hard work and grit to do your best with the situation. But I, e even when I ask you about your constants, you immediately go to things that are not constant. I, I implore you to look at the, well, you got to find you. the things in your life that are constant. <laughs> well, now, and it could be, you know, the relationship with your father, you know, your mother, even the relationship with your kids that you ha have said that the changes, but it's evolved in many ways, right? Like with Crosby, seeing this little guy grow up into this cool young man. Yes. Uh, so like a it, lot it, of, good it, no, it's all good. And even my, my daughter evolving into Neo, like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying sure. like, it's something just I didn't different. see coming and yeah, it was yeah, something yeah. I thought was constant. And then somehow the world changes that for me. Yeah, it's you know what? The reason I bring it up is because I have a really hard time with that in my life of looking at things to not, I, I don't want things to change. Generally speaking, like there's certain things that I want to change and grow and get bigger like this program and stuff like that. But there's a lot of things in my life that I look forward to as just staying the same. Yeah. And I don't think it's I don't think overall it's a healthy way to live, but uh yeah, I think it stunts your growth in some aspects. You know what I mean? In some ways. I think if you put yourself on too tight of a path, you may miss some detours that, you know, were meant to be. But, you know, like I, I thought my marriage was going to last forever. Wrong. You know, I thought my engagement was going to lead to a marriage and us buying a home together was going to be a fritting out wrong. Like I just, I, there are often times I start the season where I'm like, I'm so lucky. Like, you know, things are going well at the radio station. Things are going well in my love life. You know, my kids are doing well. And then those things just are ripped away from me. Sure. And when yeah. it comes to my relationships, they, it was kind of out of my control. You know, I mean, it was, yeah. you have other people involved. So they're the ones that yanked out the rug from you or, or yeah, you work with some business to put on concerts and you're like, this is going to be a great relationship. I'm going to do summer concerts forever. And then they fuck you over. And now that's changed and out the window. So I don't know what to say. I don't know what my point here is other than I guess I'm just going to keep one step forward and uh, one foot in front of the other. And I'm curious as everyone is to see where the hell this show is going. I, I, I would love if I could listen to a recording of the vocal minority from June 1st, 2023 and know where the fuck this is all heading. But I, yeah. you know, we, none of us get that privilege in life. So I'm going to keep focused on what I feel are the constants or the important things. Um, and we'll see. Yeah, I just forge ahead. Go I ahead, think Chris, I, think, I think it comes down to how you react to these external things that that come into your life and and change the constants that that Nick is speaking about. Mm -hmm. You know how you react to them, and 
Do you let them hold you back? Do you let them hold you down? And if you don't, and you keep plowing forward and doing the best that you can, I think that's the most, the, the best you can ask of anybody. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're probably that's... right. And everyone knows I am, I am plowing ahead. I mean, you know, all of this stuff, this new house, this new show, everything I'm fighting for at the station, but there's also aspects of my life that I, I would like to be done with and walk away from, and they're not letting me. And I, I don't have control over that. If people want to threaten me with lawsuits and shit and like, I, I don't have a choice, you know, part of well, being yeah, but- a public figure is, you know, people get to poke at you and come at you and listen to what you're saying on your show and try to use it against you. I'm not going to stop the show, but I'm not going to let you fucking bully me either. Yeah. You, you just got to, you got to say, you know what? I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if they have a problem with it, they can keep coming at you all, all they want, but it's not going to stop you at all. Yeah. Well, that is what I'm doing. I just need medical issues to be resolved. I need legal issues to be resolved. Yeah. Universe to be resolved. Dating life. I mean, you know. everything. Nothing ever time. happens. Nothing ever happens fast enough when we really want it, you know. And and for that, it seems to go in the other direction. And it seems like you could just watch the minutes ticking by. And uh, you're getting there, dude. Watching from the outside, you're getting there. I know it doesn't happen, Steve. You like things that make you uncomfortable to get out of them at a rapid speed. And I think most people do, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it, from the outside, I'm seeing things change for you and happen. And from your world that you're trying to hold together, I think it can feel like it's taking a long, long time. Yeah. So it's happening, dude. I, I guarantee you it's happening. You're making some good changes, some positive changes. You're right. You need to get this health stuff uh, figured out. I always sit on moments and uh, I've decided to try to get out of this life where I'm so comfortable with everything. Um, but even with visits, you know, when I said your relationship with your mother, relationship with your father, I heard this guy talking a while back and this is something I've always done in my head. This guy said to think about these relationships. I think I shared this with you of like, Oh, you know what? My mother, if I really think about it, I see her once a week. So breaking down the visits that you may have with your mother left by that purpose, like, Oh, I see her four times a month. Uh, if she lives for another year, I have 48 more visits or 52 more visits with my mother. Right. And that's how my brain has become wired to think about those relationships with everything like that to say, like, I got to go, dude, I have to go do this because I only have 48 left. I only have 47 left. And I don't know if it's a healthy way to live. I hear but- you. So I should go bank suicide girl because there's only so many days left in this world. That's your point. And with with suicide it. girl, there's no days left, right? You already missed the boat on it. But with your important constants in life. Oh, yes. Okay. This is, in all seriousness, part of my conundrum of like, You know, when I got divorced three years ago, I had a goal to put my family back together. I wanted to go find my partner and I wanted to have a family again, husband, wife, kids. And I've missed that window, I feel now. You know, my ex fucked me out of that by just up and abandoning her new family. And so now I just start to think, like, what am I looking for? Like, do I want a steady relationship? Do I just want to date around? Like, I no longer know what I'm looking for, but I do know that I'm in the second half of my life. And I don't want to keep wasting time and wasting opportunities. And 
So I don't know. Am I looking for a forever person or just am I looking for Mrs. Wright or Mrs. Wright now? I really don't know. Yeah, no, that's a good thing to ask yourself, dude, because maybe one is better than the other. And you're just going to have to try the first one, obviously, to see if that's what you're into, dude. Maybe you'll be very happy with With someone you can just date. (laughs) I'm talking about someone sane, dude. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. That's why I say, if Valley Girl is looking for something casual as far as I'm going to stay with you, but we're just going to get together once a month and have a nice night. Okay, if that's your definition of casual, maybe that is what I'm looking for. But uh, that won't be enough for you. I mean, you. But like, I don't know that moving somebody in and reason of getting married again. Like, I don't yeah. know if that's in the cards anymore. I really don't. Yeah, and I and told everyone three years ago, I'm going to get remarried. I don't know if I am now. I really don't. And that doesn't have to be in the cards, dude. Rachel says all the time, when you and I met, I told myself and my friends all the time that I would never get married again. And then it just happens, you know, you, you can't make up your mind on all of this stuff and you've got to see where your journey takes you make the best decisions that you can possibly make, uh, and, and see where your journey takes you, dude. Yeah. Well, I guess that's my point of not knowing what to envision sitting on that mountain yesterday that I'm just sort of handing it over to the universe. I'm going to keep doing what I think is the right thing. And I'm going to see where the path takes me. I have hopes, but I I just can't keep hanging on to hope. It's fucked me too many times. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to let yourself down regardless because the universe will never take you exactly where you want to go. Yeah. But I'm curious to see where it does go. I wish you well. At this particular point, we are north of three hours. So we should probably wrap up this podcast that I started three hours ago saying I have nothing to talk about. So let's see what happens. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I think we can call episode 10 finito, dude. Brewski, turn around, do a little dance for us one more time with this vest on. Yes. Oh, yes. Speaking of building people, do a little dance for us. Yes. Uh, Gentlemen, congrats. We made it to double digits, you know, Um, and I look forward to episode number 100. You know, we just got to number 10. So uh, I can't wait to see where we're all at and what's going on. But I want to do it. I want to do it with you guys. And, uh, you know, let's let's see where life takes us. Let's see where it goes, dude. We're on the journey. Let's just uh, fucking full throttle it. Let's get this bad boy rolling. And you in the audience, you should go to our website, thevocalminority.net. You should check us out on all the social media. And please, for the love of God, help us live this dream. Uh, Spread it around for us. If you're enjoying this, uh, spread the word. And whoever's listening in Wichita, please contact us. This person, guys, has downloaded every episode. Their little dot is glowing bright as any other major city. <laughs> like somebody there in Wichita is listening to every ounce of this. So reach we out. We got to know. Seattle's getting awfully bright on that map. We're getting more clusters, same in Northern California. So just keep help spreading the good word for us. Uh, if you're enjoying this, find us on the socials and uh, check out the website. So. Yeah, we record a new episode every Monday for the most part. And uh, yeah, then it gets uploaded on a Tuesday. So be by your uh, downloads on Tuesday morning. We'll be there for you. Yep, exactly. Vocalminority.net. All right, gentlemen, uh, phenomenal as always. And until next time, uh, peace, peace, right? Goodbye. Bye. This is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. <laughs>